I'm Alex Shaw. I'm Sharon Shaw. Welcome to School of Everything Else. Mario Kart. Let's go racing! It's Super Mario Kart Funny Car Madness! Only on Super NES! Turn the track into a giant mud pit! Or burn rubber on ice, wood, or asphalt! Fly! Mix it up for the big boys! See Bowser and his big foot dropping trucks! See Yoshi's go-kart really good! Go. Mushrooms, banana peels, turtle shell! Dino White! Check your rear view and make a mean test! Or go into battle mode and ruin his day! Two speeds! Fast and way too fast! It's two-player fun on the split screen! Only for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System! Now you're playing with power! Super Power! With us to discuss this long-running and beloved Nintendo series is long-time listener, occasional guest, Name Chaibiti. Hello, Name. Hello. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that for many of us, collectively, our perceptions of Nintendo's consoles and handhelds are informed upon in no small part by our engagement with its specific iteration of Mario Kart. Tonight, we are definitely not going to try to establish an empirical best title in this series because everyone has a different favourite, most likely one that you played again and again at just the right point in your life. So even if we could tell you on a technical scale, this one hits all the criteria and is thus the best, it wouldn't really matter. And all of us are likely to have at least one that we just bounced off almost immediately because something about it bugged the shit out of us. Maybe Nintendo added something that we didn't like or took away something that we did like Waluigi. But the experience of playing feels off enough for it to wind up at the bottom of the pile. So, we played through every game in the series. Name and I beat pretty much every cup as best we could, with a few exceptions where we were locked out by difficulty or inability to find a cartridge. We also dabbled with multiplayer, which is, of course, for so many, the absolute heart of Mario Kart. And we played a few battles as well, and even a little Mario Kart tour on our tablets, just to feel out the parts of the series that we haven't had much experience in. And now today's traffic report from Super Mario Kart. It's a real race out there today, folks. People are driving like animals. The turnpike split in two and a turtle shell is making travel impossible for one motorist. Over on the freeway, it's bumper to bumper, door to door, wheel to wheel, you name it. And check your rear view, some blockheads are causing major delays. There's already been one accident there. And watch out over on I-94, a banana peel is making things a little slippery. And that's traffic. With two-player split-screen action, you've never been in a race like this. Super Mario Kart, only for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. No wonder the best play here. Little history. This game began with Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo, a game originally planned as a two-player sequel to F-Zero. That was one of the launch titles for the 16-bit machine, and while that series has settled into kids kind of only knowing who Captain Falcon is thanks to Smash Bros, it was a big deal back in 1990. Do kids know what F-Zero is now? I mean, I do, but it's been so long since something's come out that kids probably don't. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, uh, I was like, Willow, do you know what F-Zero is? And they went, I don't know, something like this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Mario and Zelda creator Shigeru Miyamoto was part, but not the head honcho of this eight-person team, along with Tadashi Sagiyama, who made Ice Climbers, and Hideki Kano, who made Ice Hockey on the NES. Now, these guys had worked on the adventure of Link on the NES and then Super Mario World and Pilot Wings and Sim City on the SNES, and it showed us what that 16-bit machine could do. 
F0 was made utilizing a technique called Mode 7, whereby a flat plane, usually used as one of the background layers in something like a Super Mario World, was laid down like a tabletop mat, allowing the player to explore a flat plane that could be decorated with obstacles, and in this case, race course tracks, in a kind of a pseudo 3D environment. Now, whenever you hover above a map before descending into something like in Actraiser or Secret of Mana, that was Mode 7 as well. And it was something, as far as I can tell, relatively... It wasn't entirely unique to this machine ever, but Mode 7 was done on the Super Nintendo as a, as a sort of showcase for its abilities. I know it did turn up in the uh, Game Boy Advance occasionally as well. Um the easiest way to see this effect in action, by the way, is to study one of the Mario Kart copycats, and by gum there were so many of them, 1994's Street Racer by Vivid Image, distributed by Ubisoft, by the way. If you look at the Sega Genesis version of Street Racer first, you'll see a bendy, twisty rush into the screen not dissimilar to Pole Position or Super Hang On or Outrun or even Road Rash. But on SNES, there's that same negotiation of a flat tabletop field. So if you if you play one, then the other, like we did last night, it's it's a it's almost a completely different game. And you totally hated the SNES one because you were more used to the kind the, of the, the twisty yeah, one, the going into the screen. I mean, I was a big Road Rash fan when I was a kid, course, so that and, and I used to play pole position as well. So yeah. that style is a little more natural to me. But in making F-02, or at least that's what the prototype of this one was, the thing that the team found was that the Super Nintendo couldn't handle two hovercrafts going at full pelt around a track of long straights at full speed. So they slowed the vehicles down and gave the tracks much more twisty, turny, snake-like feels. And they researched kart racing, aiming for less of the feeling of lightning-fast professional racing and more for the experience of being in an amusement park with your friends. The character models were originally palette swaps of the same generic racer figure, but they needed characters who were recognisable from behind. And since Miyamoto was on the team, the idea of Mario and his chums got fielded. Luigi, his brother, Princess Peach and Toad were no-brainer inclusions, as the four had been playable heroes in Super Mario Bros. 2. Bowser's inclusion suggested that a difference in weight and speed and acceleration and top speed and the different possible outcomes of slamming into other races was also up there. So Koopa Trooper became his exact opposite. Easier to throw aside, quicker to recover. For the last two places in the initial eight, Yoshi occupied a middle ground and the lone appearance of Donkey Kong Jr. until the phone version of Mario Kart 27 years later lent his brawny frame to the heavyweight class. That's something I found out in this. I always assumed that the old bastard at the beginning of Donkey Kong Country, I always called him Cranky Kong, but someone said he was Wrinkly Kong, the one who sort of turns the little gramophone, do 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 I thought that was the original Donkey Kong, and that the DK we know was Donkey Kong Jr. from the sequel to that in the arcades, but apparently they're two completely different apes. And I need to play more of the Donkey Kong Country games, clearly. After the characters were selected, the aesthetic of the tracks being based on areas from classic Mario games replaced the generic racing backgrounds, and to mix things up and make proceedings more chaotic, each computer-controlled character was given a special ability, or a weapon, or a buff. Turtle shells to be used like missiles, a mushroom for the turbo boost, an invincibility star, and a banana skin. And these items could be picked up in mystery boxes by the player as you raced around the track, to be used in emergencies, or carefully saved for just 
just the right moment, or just spammed like a crazy person. Sharon's putting her hand up. <clears throat> but it's been 30 years, and despite being something of a sacred moo-moo, it's a little harder to get into Super Mario Kart on the SNES than, say, the Switch version. So... What was your experience of playing 1992's Super Mario Kart? Um, so... When uh, I was first playing Super Mario Kart um, back in the day, that was like the kind of the go-to multiplayer on the SNES. You don't, you didn't have like established series like uh, Smash Brothers at the time. Mm. So, growing up as uh, a little kid, that was like the thing to do. What year were you um, born, Nami? I was born. I was born in '96. So six um, years after the SNES was released to the market, like yeah. well over two years after the SNES had had kind of lost, the, well, at least a year after the SNES had lost the war to the PlayStation 2, the same year yeah. the N64 was being released. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my family was always a console behind. Ah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like growing up and moving on to other Mario Karts, I eventually came back to Super Mario Kart um, as kind of an F-Zero fan. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, F-Zero, that game is so fast um, that you have to let go of the gas a lot mm-hmm. uh, in order to make those refined turns. So um, when you come back to the Mode 7 stuff in Super Mario Kart, I, I, I know that I need to be letting up on that gas and using my hops with my uh, shoulder buttons pretty often if I want to be competent um, and to uh, <laughs> like not fall off stuff. Sharon, you were not a fan of the SNES version, were you? Uh, I wasn't, but I think that's not necessarily a slight on the game. I have difficulty. There's a, there's a sweet spot with the graphics for me, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the later ones, because that's when the, the shift became a little bit more obvious to me. But the... The low-end pixely stuff mm. is difficult for me to follow. Mm-hmm. Is it the Mode Seven effect in particular? Because obviously you you, were, you could follow Street Racer on I the Genesis. I got used Genesis. to it. Yeah, I once I'd I'd got it. I think coming to it fairly fresh. That was where the difficulty lay because I was not a Nintendo kid mm. or a Nintendo. Teenager, because I was like 18 when Name was born. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo ga- uh, consoles were never my mm. niche. I came to these games very, very late. Some of them I had, ne- I was not even aware of the existence of until you put a pad in my hand and said, "Play this." Mm. So the the really early stuff, I didn't have that recognition and nostalgia mm. to kind of carry me through the slightly more pointy-cornered images. Hmm. It's very angular. And uh, I think because I be- I was like looking into the, the mechanics of how the game actually worked and specifically what the, what the SNES was doing as it was processing, I began to sort of see through the whole game and... I was realized, then I realized it is not my cart that was moving, but it was the map advancing through me. And it was, in fact, the world that was moving around. And I started to... It became difficult to play because it was displacing me mentally, if that makes any sense at all. Mm, yeah. I didn't get that with any of the others because they weren't using Mode 7, except for the Game Boy Advance one. But luckily, that was so small, mm. so small, that it didn't have 
the same kind of like overwhelming effect. Yeah, if I play any of these for too long, I start to get slightly dissociative. Understood, yeah. Because you are effectively getting your brain to whiz around the place mm. and be like super hyper I mean, I actually find that with... with um, Burnout-style racing games, uh, That's those are less to do with making sudden sharp turns and more to do with just s- sweeping left and right in very brisk moves to try to avoid things. Eventually, in the later stages of those games... I, I, you're just basically on a rocket sled, and you just you can't blink. You have to keep your eyes from like just pinned open to stare at. And it's just it's mentally exhausting to play a game like that, even though it's not actually taxing your brain in that same way. It's mm. just your reflexes. You you keep you're having to keep your attention mm. in a particular spot, and that for some people is a lot harder than others. Yeah. And this would be why I tend to play Mario Kart in 50cc, which is immediately going to make some people go, "Well, I'm." not listening to this podcast then my interest in Mario Kart is purely recreational I like to play it for fun it's not about excellence it's not about achievement I like to be able to move on to the next bit and and get stars and and things so that I can open stuff up I like getting extra uh, customization options later on but uh, it's it's less about proving that I can be the fastest race boy and much more about just the, the joy of drifting and the sort of taking in the the soft you know appealing worlds Mm -hmm. and obviously the the snes one while i love snes graphics is a lot more kind of bare bones very flat yeah yeah it's it's perpendicular what uh daniel floyd refers to as flow yeah there's a a place where you kind of you start to almost merge with the game, but only to the extent that it still feels enjoyable and pleasurable. Yeah. I, the other thing is that I never particularly played either this Super Mario Kart or F-Zero to excess. I, I, I wasn't really playing it multiplayer or single player. But after, after you've played F-Zero for a while and then you go to Super Mario Kart, you're like, wow, half of the screen is devoted to the map. If you're in single player, this feels like I'm being robbed of half the game. Like, not not that they're taking it away, but I just don't understand why they couldn't just give you the whole thing. And uh, I tra- I don't know if you've seen this, Name. I tracked down a um, fan-edited version of uh, Mario Kart, a ROM hack or something like that. They, they went in and changed the code. And oh. um, they made a full-screen SNES version with uh, slightly up graphics. That so, sounds cool. Let me see if I can find that for you and show it to you while we're at. Wow, that looks great. Yeah, it's nice and sharp. It's playing fine. It's not going at breakneck speed. Everything seems yeah. manageable. It doesn't look compromised in any way. It seems nicely done. It also seems like that the SNES was absolutely, totally capable of a slower version of F-Zero with a windy mm-hmm. track. I, d- I don't get why they insisted on, on half of it being... Because here's the thing. I never use that map. It's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Like it's, Everyone's so big and it's so windy and twisty. You're not like, ah, I can see here there's a left turn coming up. You pay attention to the top screen or you die. It doesn't give you... Mu- the, the maps in that style don't give you much in the way of useful information, at least not that I found. Yeah. So it wasn't until Mario Kart 64 that I was like, finally, thank goodness, a uh, full screen Mario Kart. It took this long. So uh, oh, it's it's not, noteworthy that coins made an appearance here, and they be, they've barely been in any of the other uh, games. 
What are they actually for in the SNES version? Um, I've heard that like the more coins that you have, uh, it like affects your speed. Oh, right. Um, and, um, if you, I know this for a fact, as we all know, loading up on gold makes you much faster. faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Sounds like pay to win to me. That, uh, if you run out of coins and you, if somebody bumps into you, Mm. you spin out. Yeah. Uh, No, it did seem like, uh, Sonic when, uh, when he loses his rings and, uh, then mm -hmm. you've got... Uh, you got no coins left, and then uh, that that's going to really send you for a loop at that point. Yeah, it's they, they mean different things in different games. Uh, we also played a bit of the battle mode, which we all hated so much that eventually we changed it into a completely different battle mode, where it was like, right, how do we get out of this? First to die wins. And we were just driving around the place, myself and Willow, throwing shells at each other and trying to just commit... Turtle seppuku on these whizzing <laughs> objects, and we couldn't do it. We were like, "Come on!" It's yeah. it's a bit janky. Yeah, I I um, found playing uh, through the game that I couldn't aim at all. Mm-hmm. I like it. It wasn't until maybe GBA that I actually could take aim with my shells and hit stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the having red shells in the battle uh, seemed com- completely pointless because they immediately go rushing off and bounce into walls. And it's like, mm-hmm. you, uh, they were right there. Just home in, for goodness sake. But uh, yeah, maybe it just maybe that unbalanced it. If they were too good and they actually veered away from the walls, it just turned into a, a much faster and more brutal fight or, or something. Either way, there are going to be plenty of people who played a lot of this version of the game who, uh, you know, uh, are... Um, had completely different scenario uh, to to us, uh, and that's fine. I remember that uh, myself and my friend, our, our friend Paul, uh, had this not bitter but kind of teasing each other argument for our entire lives of uh, me saying that Mario sixty four was way better, and he was like Mario Kart all the way. Uh, so let's talk about Mario sixty four and the many improvements that it brought to the series. So Mario Kart Four years after the SNES game, the second installment introduced much more complex, polygonally rendered, winding obstacle courses and was optimized for four players, simultaneous split-screen action, much like GoldenEye 64. The N64 version also had, with its hardware and design revisions, established many aspects of the series that would continue on. So this feels much more like Mario Kart of the future and then when you go to the GBA it's a step back and then when you go forwards to the GameCube it's a step forward again. Name, this was your favorite, wasn't it? Was it is it still your favorite? Um I it was don't high. know. Yeah, it was very high by the uh, when I shared my last tier list. Um I really liked uh going back to it. I mm. thought that it would age really poorly. Um but I I still think this. It's got the best uh, single player races. Whoa! Um, yeah, out of out of all the titles, I think because they are um, so tight uh, with the other computers, and there might be a little cheating here or there, rubber banding. I think that the crew that made this are really putting a lot of focus on making memorable 
races for the single player because mm-hmm. even though it was um, made with four controllers in mind, when you get a Nintendo 64, you only get the one controller. Yeah. So they've got to make um, games that can um, really satisfy that that single player experience. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It, it just felt like I did 100 CC for all these. It felt like race after race. It was uh, a, a nail biter, and I only was able to win because I went straight just fast enough to make it to the line, or I got a green shell in the right spot. Mm. Uh, it was it was it was cool. Yeah. Um, the there are a couple of new additions, some of which a lot of people really don't like. The blue shell was the first to uh, turn up here. I'm gonna play uh, part of uh, Daniel Floyd's piece on why the blue shell actually helps to make the game more fair here, because he says it's so much better than uh, uh, than we could. If we were to 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 cite our reasons, we'd merely be quoting him anyway. So uh, here's here's the piece on why the blue shell is in fact good. The Blue Shell. One of nature's most graceful, ruthless, karmically loaded creatures. It is known by many names. Blue Justice. The Great Equalizer. Spiny's Revenge. Death and Taxes Jerk Friend. The Liam Neeson. The five stages of grief in three seconds. All right, I'm done. We have all found ourselves on the spiky, explosive end of one of these in our Mario Kart history. We've all shouted curses at hearing that familiar hiss. But the fact remains that the spiny blue shell makes Mario Kart a better game. So why is it in there? What does it do? Well, to start off, let's just be clear about how exactly the blue shell works. The blue shell is a homing missile. When fired, it speeds down the track, smashing through any racer in its way to the front, where it homes in on the player currently winning the race and ruins their day, causing a huge explosion that may also hit the racers in second and third if they aren't careful. Interestingly, the blue shell is only ever granted to players who are far behind, often those currently in last place. The specifics of its rules have varied a bit from game to game since its debut in Mario Kart 64, but it's a pretty safe bet that if you're in first or second or third place, you will not be getting any blue shells. At least, not in the way that you'd like. So one reason for the blue shell to exist is, obviously, to serve as a catch-up mechanism. If you're a racer trailing far behind the rest of the pack, you need more powerful items if you're going to catch up, and you especially need to keep the person in first from increasing their lead if you're even going to have a chance to win the race. At the end of the day, getting completely stomped just isn't fun. The blue shell helps to ensure that no one gets left completely in the dust without a chance to come back. But here's the really crazy thing. It's actually not fun to be uncontested way out in front in Mario Kart either. If you're just dominating, if you're far ahead of the pack, there's really nothing for you to do. You don't get to use your items, you can't interact with any of the other players, it just turns into a mediocre racing game at that point, instead of the wild, goofy kart racer we all love. Unfortunately, the whole design of the game tells you that the goal is to get way out in front. It's the objective you're given as a player. Come in first. Get to the front. Stay in the front. Leave everybody in the dust. The objective you're given as a player drives you toward a play state that's way less interesting than most of the rest of the game, which makes the game less fun for everybody involved. So the designers had to include something to prevent this from happening. Hence, the blue shell. A weapon which, when fired, will not stop until it has exploded on the racer in first place. 
But adding the blue shell as just another weapon in the game introduces a new problem, because the designers are trying to build close races where the players are constantly interacting with each other. And yet, if the player in second place gets their hands on a blue shell, they could very easily use it to claim a huge lead for themselves. Which just leaves us with the same design problem we had before. This is why the item only shows up for the players who are pretty far behind in the pack. It's not just a way to help the players in the back to catch up, but also a way to have the arrival of a blue shell be just as much of a surprise to the player in second as to the player in first. Because the player in second doesn't control the timing of the blue shell, they can't take perfect advantage of it when it shows up. It often gives them a chance to pull ahead of the front runner, but it rarely gives them time to zoom ahead and disappear into the sunset. And I agree with that piece. Every time I got hit with the blue shell this time around, I was just like, ah, you bastard. But I, I, I was never like, no, you ruined it, ah! I think possibly because as the series goes on, they let you carry on racing even if you don't qualify in fourth. One of the big problems of, I think the GBA one in particular, uh, is just like, you've got to come at least fourth. And if you, like, accidentally sidestep into a puddle, your whole, like, like you may as well just, you have to restart and do the whole race again. You only get three tries on, on each race as well. So it just, it felt overly punishing. You'd probably end up replaying a hell of a lot of the same levels. And that's why I realized when I played the, the Game Boy Advance version, I never got that far in this game. Clearly, I got stuck on repeating loops of the same levels I was never particularly good at. So, yeah. There's also rubber banding in the N64 one, which is less of an obvious straightforward good because it feels cheap. It's like you've got the lead, you earned that lead, and then suddenly Wario's in your rearview mirror going, <laughs> and it's like, you didn't earn that, Wario. You were halfway back on the track. Where the, what the f? And it feels like this is the game going, well, we got to keep it interesting. And it sucks for me to say that it actually was interesting as a result of this. Like, because I ended up like neck and neck with Wario and neck and neck with Witcher. Like, they always pick out your nemesis depending on who you choose as a character. They say, like, Princess Peach, Yoshi just rubs her up the wrong way or something like that. And um, the... The, 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 I often got into these nail-biting, like, practically driving nose-to-nose -nose and then just pipping it, it at the post. And it also helps that drafting is... Uh, if it was in Super Mario Kart at all, I didn't notice because it is much more visually resplendent in this. That's... If you get in behind somebody, you get little sort of air motifs going flying past your character, illustrating that you are, in fact, now travelling a little bit faster because they are blocking the air resistance as... Uh, in the documentary film Days of Thunder, all about uh, NASCAR. Um, but it actually, it very smoothly where I allows... where how to drive. It very smoothly allows you... To, I should have, like, uh, sugar packets here to illustrate. Yes. Um, it very smoothly allows you to just sort of, like, coast around to the side of whoever you're, you're, you're trying to catch up on, which allows you to drive well by kind of zeroing in on the racing line that you, the, your, your, your competitors are going for and, and just kind of snaking around the track which felt a lot less like the world was moving around me while I was standing still like the SNES version but at the same time I can completely understand why most people would be like well, or players who specifically take pride in achievement would be like how dare this game rubber band me it is creating physics breaking 
shortcut, literal shortcuts for uh, AI-controlled opponents just to seemingly take away my win, which, especially at the higher levels, I can imagine getting really frustrating. Yeah. Well, it's like that to me is a little bit like grading a class on a curve, which is unfair if you take pride in being objectively right. You can't be less right or more right based on the fact that the teacher has already given so many grades to people who were as right as you. (laughs) I think I understand what you mean. Mm. Introducing Nintendo Score 64 and win at Taco Bell. Just peel the coin off the lid. Score 64 and you could win an N64 system, cash or millions of other great prizes. And who knows who'll win the Porsche Boxster? It's score 64 and win. Only at Taco Bell. Uh, it's uh, also got improved drifting, or at least I felt like it was improved. It's, it's still nowhere near as refined as later uh, games, but when you bounce, there's a little boing uh, that just literally reads. It's like Adam West turned up and wrote the word boing just under you. And then when you drift to one side, it goes in a way that looks like little puffs of smoke coming out of your tiny little engine. And then when that goes gold, that effectively tells you if you let go now, you're going to be able to like boost off. And that's a, again, the, the visual representation of the racing was, was considerably improved for this. Mm. It sounds like that's a lot of what made this appealing to you, is mm. that, that those little visual feedback improvements that are now possible with the N64. Yeah. I also looked into, because I spent all these years since then uh, thinking that what I was looking at was a 3D model. Uh, And it wasn't. What they actually did was they took a 3D model of each character, like a Mario, Donkey Kong. This was the classic, from now on, whenever we say the classic roster, we mean this. And that is Donkey Kong Jr. out, almost forever. DK, Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong in. Koopa out. Wario in. So this is the classic eight, although Cooper came back and stayed. So that is the classic eight. Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Wario, Yoshi, DK, Bowser. But they took the 3D models and then kind of drew, kind of, they literally drew a pixelated shape, a flat cardboard cutout over the model and then banked that, then moved it a little bit more and then banked that. It's almost like claymation. Only what you're doing is effectively taking a snapshot of this is what the 3D model looks like here if you're only looking at it on a flat plane. And then they effectively ended up with like a pocket full of sprites. And each of each each racer had lots of different sprites that they would then animate as they went around. So if you actually paused the game and move had the ability to move the camera around within the game. As you go, went past your racer, it would just be a flat cardboard cutout. There is no depth. But it feels like there is because of the, the incredibly smooth rotation of these sprites as it sort of swaps each one's in, each one in and out. It's effectively, you're looking at a flip book. And the reason they did the this rather than put 3D models in there was because N64 was still using cartridges and there was a severe limit on what they could pack into the game. So they put it all in the levels rather than the characters. Effectively, it's the same technique they used in the first one. Because if you look, especially after when the race finishes,
as it rotates around to the front and you do get to see your character from every angle it's just more refined and it feels more fluid yeah, imagine um, Mr. Game & Watch in a Smash Brothers map, and everybody else is in a 3D environment, but if you turn that camera, Mr. Game & Watch is definitely a flat figure. Yeah. I have to be honest and say this was not one that I responded particularly well Did to. Did no love it. But I, I think a lot of that is to do... that. I, I cannot think of an N64 game that I like. Whoa! The, Even GoldenEye? Mario 64? Pilotwing 64? Wave Race? Pokemon Snap? Smash Bros. Philistine Dog. <laughs> Ocarina of Time. Oh, okay. Ocarina of Time. I'll give you that one. There we go. But the, We're on the board. But it's better on 3DS, though. Yeah, well, that's true. The, <laughs> the issue that I have with the N64 is the same thing that I have with the PlayStation 1, and I think it's just it's where my head sits with games from around that era. Mm. Polygons weird me out yeah we played a lot of kart races last night just to see what other like because i have avoided all the other like nickelodeon kart races and muppet kart races which was actually pretty good and uh speed freaks or or speed punks as it's called in america because they don't because they don't want to suggest that their um, kart races are into amphetamines um And there's like Cartoon Network. Oh, uh, Crash Team Racing is another um, standout one. Diddy Kong Racing. And there are so many, specifically from like the turn of the century, from the year 2000 or around about there. As soon as they could sort of handle 3D worlds, they made loads of kiddie kart races. And I avoided them because I was 20. And it was just like these skewed way younger than me. So I'd never played crazy economy kart racing on the GBA. Or Chippendale. Or Chippendale, yeah. or Disney's magical um, uh, Rescue Rangers. Rescue Ranger yeah. kart thing. Mickey Speedway. That's the one. And there yeah. were loads and most of them were awful. And and so many of them were just so like visually horrendous. They, they combined colours at speeds and uh, at a level of instability that was just, it was nauseating to actually watch. They're so garish and, and clunky, and I can understand why this era would be a really hard sell, especially for kids. Like, Willow rejects ugly-ass games like this. And the N64 was no slouch when it came to delivering ugly-as-sin brown shit textures. There's two or three levels in this. Like, I think it's DK Choco Mountain and Wario Stadium that are just brown shit. When you're up close to it, the poly texture is so low resolution that like my brain started going haywire because it was like I was looking at this and it's kind of blurry and I'm looking at this and it's a different kind of blurry and my my head just wants to get away from all this brown stuff. It's disgusting. So that's the entire PlayStation 1 era. <laughs> So um, the main takeaway that I had on 64 is that it feels the most like an arcade racer more than any other game in the series. Mm. Um, I think um, it's the the size of the screen after coming from SNES um, and then specifically the music and the sound effects uh, sounds a lot like um, Cruising USA, probably because I think Nintendo made that game. Midway. Probably right around the same time as Mario Kart. So yeah, the, the sounds uh, and the, the, the music from 64 and the kind of the way that it uh, plays feels the most like you're, you, you could be playing that um, in, in an arcade in the late 90s. 
of the pits and haul asphalt. It's Mario Kart Super Circuit for your Game Boy Advance. 20 new tracks await with enough twists, turns, and trouble to make any kart racer cringe. Choose your racer from a classic cast of characters. Each has their own strengths and weaknesses, so choose wisely. Go for the checkered flag by yourself. Or link up with up to four of your friends and see who has the heaviest lead foot. Or exercise your road rage in the popular battle mode. Hurl shells at other drivers, become invincible, or send your opponents swimming. Mario Kart Super Circuit for Game Boy Advance. And you thought rush hour was intense. So in the summer of 2001, a few months after the Game Boy Advance launched in Japan, one of the first of the must-own killer app titles on that little handheld was Mario Kart Super Circuit, because the GBA was basically a mini Super Nintendo, and this is much closer to the original, along with some new additions from the N64 version. Plus, for the first time, this astonishing amount of bonus tracks. A lot of people won't have discovered this if you've only played like the first few tracks. But if you there's five cups with four races each, and if you can somehow get first in all the cups, and then somehow get a hundred coins because coins are back, uh, picked up on the track, uh, each cup then you get to unlock a special version of that cup. So a special mushroom cup, a special flower cup, a special star cup, a special lightning cup, and a special special cup. That's but, where I thought you were going. <laughs> no, they're called extra mushroom cup. And what that is, is all the tracks from the Super Nintendo version re-rendered into the GBA. And that is so generous. And it, especially when, like, if you look back at the N64 one, it gave you a whole bunch of new tracks, nothing from the old. But... It's it's almost like you've got two games for for the you know it's like they could have um, if Pokemon had already been actually I suppose it had been for quite a while at this point they could have done Mario Kart Super Circuit Blue and Mario Kart Super Circuit Red and had one of them just be all the uh, SNES tracks and one of them be all the new tracks they could have done that they didn't they gave you all of them in one go and I feel like awarding it so many more points for that generosity than the game probably deserves because it is almost all the same problems as the SNES version in a handheld. Plus, if you play it now on a modern day TV blown up, it is disgusting to look at because these <laughs> games were designed to be played on a screen that wasn't backlit yet. It wasn't backlit until the Game Boy Micro came out. Uh, the third iteration, the third form factor, around about the same time as the original chonky DSi. So the, the second iteration was the Game Boy SP and that had a front light to it. But the original, if you hand that to a kid now, they'll be like, um, how do I turn the light on? Because you can't see anything. So they made the games super garish so that they'd show up at all. Which is why if you play, say, Super Mario World, it looks washed out and weird. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, some of the gameplay right now, and they, they could benefit very well from outlines around all the characters. Yeah, so it's uh, it, it's a it's a tricky game to play now, and actually, it, it can be quite frustrating. I was short on time and big on curiosity enough that I wanted to see all these new tracks without having to put in the astonishing amount of work I just described of playing and playing and replaying all of these tracks just to get the uh, the cups opened. So I found a, a .save file online, which basically opened up everything. And then I just beat every cup uh, naturally without having to chase off after those uh, coins. And even then, even on 50cc, there's some of those later cup tracks was just like the, there was the vanilla lake can die in a fire even though it's made of ice. I just kept going straight into those the holes in the ice. 
God. And yeah, getting pipped at the post is something that's going to happen a lot to you if you play the GBA version. It is a, it's a, a mixed experience. I um, first interacted with this game on 3DS. Back when I got the 3DS at launch, uh, Nintendo gave out uh, 10 free GBA games for being an early adopter. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I, I because my, my 3DS is pretty valuable because of that because they yeah, did not the release the version. Yeah, they didn't release any GBA games ever. Uh, yeah, after, we were always waiting for it to happen. We were always hoping yep. it would happen, and it seemed like the Ambassador program was proof of concept, but it wasn't enough, and they didn't do Buy it. Buy a Wii U instead. <laughs> yeah, and so you can play um, it. Even on the Wii U's uh, controller, those games blown up and backlit look like like I said. That's that's where I noticed that Mario World looked odd because I bought a a lot of GBA games on, on the Wii U as well. Um, so I when I first played it on 3DS uh, back in 2011, I hated it. I just I could <laughs> not wrap my head around how that game was supposed to be played because you know I, at that point the most the, the games that I was playing Mario Kart games were it was like, like the Wii version by then. Yeah, Mario Kart Wii, and I mean you were a year Mario's, off uh, Mario Kart Seven on 3DS. Exactly. It was it was right around the corner. So uh, it was just it seemed super archaic. It's a throw. Um, when I came back to it uh, for for this, I like I, I, I had an understanding that it was basically um, a spiritual remake of the SNES game. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed doing the more technical stuff in the SNES game. Mm. So when I'm applying like some of my gas and tapping the shoulder buttons. Uh, I, I actually uh, enjoyed this a lot um, uh, compared to when I first played it because it has the technical play of the SNES, but it has that single-player single, single player mindset from Cart mm. 64 yeah. to where uh, they, they really are uh, trying to give you a good nail-biting race. And so it kind of took both of the things that I liked from the previous games and then put them together, which was nice. Um, is it my favorite? Not at all. It's like, if anything, it's going to be middle of the pack. It's going to be a fine one. Yeah, you know, if you have a Game Boy Advance in 2001, you should probably get it. So, yeah, if, we're t- if, we're, you if you're hearing this from the future, well, there's other things you should be doing to prepare. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, this is fine. They were also quite generous in terms of uh, they allowed you to link up uh, a bunch of uh, GBAs on one cartridge which you know being able to do that back in those days especially when they were introducing things like if you want pokemon you've your brother's gonna have a game and you're gonna have a game but you gotta buy two separately Mm -hmm. uh so you know any concessions to maybe families don't all buy a whole bunch of the same game uh I, i felt was uh was generous even though it should be baseline Get two. I'm not sharing with Caitlin. That's the one. <laughs> I think Four Swords came out around about this time as well, and that was a, that's a good example of um, a, a rare game type that is very specifically can only be done if you get the right amount of people who are all on board and all in the same place. That's and entirely all... unfair on people who don't have four friends. Yes, yeah. three friends who also have GBAs. Who yeah. live in the same place as you. Yeah, and are prepared to get nose-to-nose. <clears throat> if you're a, uh, a gaming collector, and especially if you're into emulation, uh, there is a color hack on this one, which I uh, uh, got hold of a while back, uh, and that 
smooths out some of the garishness if you're playing it on a backlit handheld device. It's still not going to look fantastic blown up to a full-sized massive screen, but it does make the game look almost remastered. It's, it's been very artfully done. I think they all, the version that I got also changed Luigi's sound effects to sound more like he did in the later games. <laughs> I do recommend that save file, just be able to unlock everything all in one go and that way you're not going to get frustrated with it and then it becomes more of a, a museum piece, which is frankly what it is. Like the, the uh, being able to explore it and look at stuff, it, it's more hands-on than watching it on YouTube and a lot less bashing your GBA against the table of getting beaten because you fell into a lava pit at the last second. Mario Kart Double Dash! Mit zwei Fahrern und verdoppelter Feuerkraft hast du jetzt doppelt so viel Spaß. Mario Kart Double Dash, nur für Nintendo Gamecube. Und jetzt Nintendo Gamecube für nur 99,99 unverbindliche Preisempfehlung. So two years after the GBA version, Nintendo had pretty much lost their prior dominance of the console market to Sony. And with Microsoft's original Xbox entering the fray, the GameCube was being perceived as more of a child's toy. However, certain key games, including the second version of Smash Bros, made this a system beloved by those who were there at the time. And Double Dash... Introduced. introduced, sorry, it changed introduced to Nitro Duct, and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's my favorite show from 1999. Nitro Duck. What was I trying to type? Double Dash introduced a key new mechanic that was immediately abandoned forevermore, making it unique on this list for being the game where you control two kart riders at once. So, in terms of the roster, Cooper Trooper is back. There had to be a whole bunch of new racers to make up all of the players who were kind of partnered up with the existing ones. So, you got Daisy, you got Birdo, you got Baby Mario and Luigi, you got Flying Cooper, Diddy Kong, Wow Luigi for the first time, and Bowser Jr. This was the first time I'd ever really gotten to grips with this game. Uh, it's, uh, if you folks remember my uh, Metal Gear Solid show, I went out of my way to get hold of the Twin Snakes uh, on GameCube, which is very rare and difficult to get hold of. It was something along those lines to get hold of Double Dash this time. Uh, but uh, I found while I was playing it that unless you've got a GameCube controller, it's not going to feel intuitive. And that stands against it, which is a shame because it looks fine by today's standards. I really enjoyed it. This was, it wasn't my favorite, but it made my top five. Hmm. And I found the engagement, the, like the extra layer of thing to think about, mm -hmm. of flipping them, and the fact that it meant that by having the two characters, you could bank an item yeah. and save it for later. That was quite nifty. and. I it made you think in a way, you, you said yourself that you just spam everything like a Absolutely. crazy person. And, and it, so this made you stop and that. pause it, and think. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the, I know what you mean about not having a GameCube controller. I was never a fan of the GameCube controllers. But the... Here's a giant green button. Tiny yes, little red one. Little baby yellow yeah. stick. 
Um, <laughs> and also, here's all these pointy things that are just going to feel wrong, whatever shape your hand is. Oh, look, there's no shoulder button. Yes, there is. It was hiding. We hid it. It's yeah, not okay. exactly a shoulder, is it? More the butt. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know, but it is beloved. That like I people know. are like, how dare you insult the GameCube controller? It's the best but controller. It's, it's just, I just, I it baffles me. I just look at it and I go, what? Late yeah. night stoned ass I mean, design sessions. You saw the N64 controller, right? I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. It's but a pitchfork the, without the pole. <laughs> <laughs> Trident. That's what they started with. The the graphics by this point are up to a stage that I feel a lot more that I can relax into rather than. You mean than they're not an eyesore? For what I'm looking at, yes. They don't <laughs> burn themselves into the back of my retinas. One of the difficulties that I have is because my eyesight is so poor, I have an unusual sense memory of the occasions when I have wandered around without putting my glasses on and the world makes me feel sick because there's a certain level of blurriness and things not being recognisable that I can't avoid when I don't have my glasses on and unfortunately a lot of sort of pre-GameCube level games leave me with that sense and my brain goes but that's not right you're wearing your glasses you should be able to see this properly so you mean the early attempts of 3d yeah really that's that's, that's really what it comes so down to late, uh, mid, mid to late 90s for the most era. part if it's flat and it's stylized and it's very pixely mm. then it's fine because my brain goes that's fine that's not meant to look like the but thing it's mode 7 like. it was in itself sort of an attempt at doing 3d on a very limited hardware. exactly and like i said the 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 connection between what my I see and what my brain interprets has difficulty mm. with some of those things. So, but at this stage, the graphics look nice and smooth. We were playing it on the Wii. You. You? Yes. So I had it on the pad, which mm -hmm. I actually really enjoyed. I found the the using the shoulder button for the spinning mm. was quite instinctive. At that point, I hadn't really started drifting a lot. So the the loss of the drift because you didn't affect to use you so the shoulder button to flip them yeah. did not feel like a loss to me, which I would imagine it probably did for you because drift has always been really important to you. It's it's it is the language of Mario Kart. Yeah. Drive, throw stuff, switch. Mario Kart Double Dash, twice the hullabaloo, twice the hubbub, way more bedlam, twins of chaos. Only for Nintendo GameCube. Wait, everyone. GameCube. I noticed that kind of a philosophy change when it comes to this game's design. Um, the first three games are very uh, skill-based. Mm -hmm. With this one, you, you turn on and the, 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 the menu music starts and it's like, oh, this is just zany now. It's just um, all about how crazy we can make it, what mm. kind of antics can we get up to. Uh, and so when it came to the single player experience, it was very difficult. It was it was so much harder than the other games because mm. it's all about throwing everything and the kitchen sink at you. Mm. I played some of these cups with my wife, Alyssa, because she grew up with the GameCube, so she knows this one and loves this one. Uh, and we played that at 50cc, so it was very pleasant. Both came in first and second pretty often. But man, when I upped it to 100cc uh, for some of the other cups, I couldn't get bronze. It was it was very different. But I really like the charm that this game has because of it. Like the the two racers is so fun to come up with pairings and to think why would these guys be in a cart together? Like Mario and Luigi is one thing, but like if I'm pairing up Birdo and uh, Diddy Kong, what's the 
What are they talking about? You have to about? do a fanfic to, to, to yeah, explain I, it. I think my first pairing was Daisy and Baby Mario. Oh, that's creepy. And that's what Willow said. Which she, they were instantly like, why is she kidnapping her the baby version of her boyfriend? That's just wrong. The baby version of her boyfriend. If you said Daisy, then that's uh, her boyfriend's oh, brother. Right, uh, yes, that was it. Her boyfriend's brother. Why is she kidnapping her boyfriend's <laughs> brother? <laughs> I'm taking yeah. this guy to Lollapalooza. Yeah, um, it, the, this one struck me in multiple different ways. First, because I hadn't really uh, played it uh, before. Second, so I couldn't get sense memory to just to help serve my hands. But the second being that I was playing on a controller that was not meant for it at all. Uh, and there's no ability to remap the controls, because why would you want to? You've got a GameCube controller. It's totally intuitive. No one could ever want a different control setup. The tracks are really quite narrow, and everyone's throwing stuff all the time. And a lot of that stuff is not mobile. It just sits in the track. That is very So true. you get a large banana, and a small banana, and then a turtle shell, and then a large turtle shell, and then an egg. And it's like, eventually what you're doing is you're kind of trying to negotiate a bunch of giant traffic cones. And like you're just sort of in the track, and that's not exciting. And I, I wasn't able to sort of nimbly dart around them like I would have been able to on, say, I don't know, DS. And so, and because of the narrowness, I just kept bumping into things. And it was like trying to do a, a hurdles, but they've also put breeze blocks in your... <laughs> Does it do the thing... Right, I don't know if this is all of them or just all of them after this point, but when you drop stuff, mm. if nobody hits it, that stuff will still be there when you come back around again. I think that's actually been the case since the SNES. Okay. Yeah, if you drop a banana skin just after the finish line, mm. that'll still be there right. when you Well, go this around. was when I really started noticing right. it, possibly because there's so much stuff yeah. anyway. But, but yeah, it, I, I was only able to play through three cups because I didn't, as you said, you had difficulty getting bronze, Name, and you've played this thing. Yeah. I couldn't open up the special cup. So I, these are the four tracks I am never going to be able to play unless I can go back to it and persevere through the annoying stuff. This is the one that kind of left me cold, and it's not as a result of... It, it's a sort of a combination of not having grown up with it and, and this effectively a translation issue when it came to control, and just also so many other things doing Mario Kart better since then that the jump up in graphical presentation from the GBA version wasn't enough to make me feel like, oh my god, Mario Kart has been breathed new life. I was just like, can I please get to the DS version? I love that one. There's no real reason to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, let's not embarrass mom too much. She's new at this. Oh, you worry about yourself. Go, 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 go! Uh, don't show. Okay, okay, we're trying to do on this change Lightning. Why am I so small? Green shell, green shell. Oh, I won! <laughs> oh, what a beating. Who's embarrassed now? <laughs> Mario Kart. Only for Nintendo DS and Nintendo DSi. Rated E for everyone.
Two years after the GameCube version, Nintendo were having something of a comeback in the handheld market. The GBA had been upgraded in 2003 with the aforementioned clamshell front-lit SP model, and then the trendy micro model in 2005, the one that was like, you can change the faceplates just like your phone. At the same time, the original chunky DS model was launched in late 2004 and revised to its more comfortable light model in 2006. I have a question. Yep. What does DS stand for? Double screen or dual screen. Uh, although it's, a lot of games were released on DS where they were like double sinister, dramatic smash, dark service, doomed simpletons. Pinky sunlight. But 2005 was the key year for this handheld, as it became increasingly popular with a previously untapped market of adult women becoming popular to play Sudoku on a commute, or the insanely successful Brain Age Train Your Brain in Minutes a Day, or Dr. Kawashima's Brain Training How Old Is Your Brain, depending on your territory. There were other huge releases, New Super Mario Brothers in 2006, and in 2007, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl and Professor Layton, but in 2005, the same year as Brain Training, which is a much better name for it, Animal Crossing and Nintendogs, Mario Kart shot onto the DS scene. And as you may have picked up, the advertising, especially in America, took an abrupt turn from this. Drive, throw, switch! Mario Kart Double Dash is coming November 19th. You can reserve your copy today and you can get a playable bonus disc free when you buy the game. Only for Nintendo GameCube. Rated everyone. GameCube. To this. Three, two, one. Move it, Mario. Oh, whoa, what's going on? Getting your butt kicked. <laughs> no. That's what's going on. It is. <gasps> That's right. Come on. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Oh, what's up? Mario Kart, only for Nintendo DS. Rated E for everyone. And we end on a shot of the pink DS, with Mario Kart on it. At once a more solo experience, offering you a boxed-in, hyper-responsive racer, and with same-room multiplayer with Strangers on a Train or Wi-Fi multiplayer worldwide, it went in the opposite direction, giving you more challenges than you could drag around into your living room with. Double Dash or 64. It also possesses the one-off unique mission mode, which charges you with dozens of different mini tasks for a star rating, taking its cue from phone games like Angry Birds and Cut the Rope. As in, you do this well and you get three stars. Less well, two stars. You just about qualify one star, which urges you to get better. Plus, with an incredibly smooth drift mechanic and presentation that remains a joy on the small screens to this day, DS is many people's favourite, still after all the subsequent years of technical upgrades. So, uh, Sharon, you hadn't played too much of this before, and then when I encouraged you to, do, to play some more, you started to really like it. Yes, I, this was the one that really suddenly made Drift click for me. Mm -hmm. Possibly because that shoulder button... I was playing it on the DS Lite. Yes, yeah, I got a DSi and a DS Lite for this exercise. Yeah, which fits my hands very nicely. And the... the mechanic of being able to because to start with I normally I would just not bother with drift at all and try and take the corners at top speed as best I could um, and this I started 
experimenting just with the hop mm. and although I wasn't really drifting I found that I could kind of bounce my way around the corners a little bit more efficiently than I had been doing before and then I was like well what happens if we just stay on the track and kind of hold, just hold that, that happens and it was very satisfying and then be, finding that I was able to replicate that as opposed to it being this kind of quirky one-off thing that just happened which is how I play a lot of games to be honest it felt like I was I mean I didn't come off 50cc but it felt like I was getting better and it got to the stage where I was playing through because everything was already opened wasn't it so we didn't need to I didn't need to worry about yeah things uh, again. for this one I uh, I checked down another save file just so that we could uh, get access to absolutely yeah. everything specifically all the characters so we, you could play as Daisy and absolutely and Daisy is my favorite so I did appreciate that drive around in a crane I was able to um, to stick with Daisy I never tried the crane actually. no so uh, it's a what's the JCB type yeah, thing? No, a, yeah. a, a digger mm. I didn't try that one but yes that is on there I, I really appreciated the fact that you could experiment with different characters and different vehicles and I found I aced the first three cups quite straightforwardly mm. hit the special cup and suddenly she was dropping down to like fifth and sixth and seventh place you'd changed race I changed the car yeah and I was like well, clearly that's not my car let's try it again with a different one mm. and uh, went back up again so I was correct it was yeah. the car but I, a lot of the time it really is just tuning to a balance that's just right for your play style absolutely but also being able to go through the various different cups and tracks and keep tabs on which ones I'd enjoyed and which ones I didn't and for what reason helped me to get a lot more granular about what elements of the game I really liked and what I didn't. Mm. I don't like tracks that are very, very loopy and do the upside down thing. Not a fan of Rainbow Road. Roller coasters. Yeah. And I don't like anything that has a narrow road that I can fall off. Anything So anything Rainbow Road again. Anything Rainbow Road related really is just right out. The ghost houses in the original Super Mario Kart can go. Ugh, those suck. are the worst. Yeah. But but yeah, so I I think that being able to get to a place where I was comfortable enough with it that I wasn't simply trying to batter my way through. Mm. Let suddenly opened up this this being able to see the game from a, a, a wider perspective for me, and I really appreciated that. And for that reason, the DS version shot into my top five. And I believe I, I think there's a little bit of depends which one I played last, but I think the DS version is probably my number two. Okay. The the other element. It of seems it, like handheld is the key yes. for you. Well, it's, it's, yeah, I was just about to say the other element of it that I really appreciated was the having the the double screen and the fact that you have a map which is now useful mm -hmm. for the first time for me. They got to the fifth game before they finally did. Before that. they finally, they had to devote they needed a whole the two screens screen, yeah. exactly because it's not the map. It's not the line map version. Mm. It's the Almost you're looking at a top-down yeah, version top down. of the track. And you can actually drive using that screen. And if you, you get inked. If you get inked, you can see where you're going. If Was I... this the first one with ink, by the way? I think so. I think so. So they gave you the, the ink and, and then they, 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 gave, you the they gave you the way to <laughs> deal with it. And then Brilliant. so then when you're playing the Wii version and you get inked, you're like, I can't what see anything! <laughs> 
but the but but occasionally what will happen is I do still it and I, whether it's the vision thing or what sometimes I will my brain will get confused with certain tracks when the maybe when the background isn't as distinct enough and I get lost I don't know where I am and I find myself if I'm limited to the one screen and all I can see is the road in front of me I get very reactive and I'm trying to respond quicker than my neurons can respond and it gets very frustrating being able under those circumstances to switch to that top-down view and just keep driving around the map I can see everything that's coming up and being able to flick between that immediate perspective and wide perspective and having the choice of which one I can slip to and having them so close together that it's easy to do so. It's not like press a button to change the mm. view. They're both there. You just go which, with whichever one you need right now. You look up and down. It's that was intensely yeah, helpful. Yeah. And it made that game so smooth and so sweet to play for me. Yeah. Really appreciated that. There's actually a sweet spot for you now that you talk about it like that. When we played all of those other like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network kart races, you had a problem with oversteer, where you yes. were pulling right and holding right. And I was just like, let go of right and nudge left a couple of times just to recenter yourself. Because this is the thing, when when you drive, and maybe part of this is because I, I am actually a driver. When you... It's just like a guitar player finally playing rock band In and going, well, this, this is a fine terrible guitar. Absolutely. Boy, I have some notes. <laughs> <laughs> that might be something to do with it. That might explain why the wee wheel yeah. drove me so Brian much. May got handed a plastic guitar at Christmas time when he was like, this isn't real rock and roll. <laughs> but yeah, the the issue that I have with the oversteer is that when you're driving, you don't just like flip the wheel and then you're now on a curve and you just let it do its own thing you have to hold the wheel in the direction that you want to go and it feels very alien to me mm. to not do that yeah. when the oversteer on something is incredibly sensitive I find that very difficult to compensate yeah. for so uh, you had to sort of find the sweet spot uh, between oversteering and over responsive yes yeah Absolutely. And there's another sweet spot that I had to, to hit, but I will talk about that with okay. the, the later games when that became a factor. Okay, so Name, DS version. Okay, so uh, I had a really long learning curve with DS. Mm. Uh, this was the first time that I had ever played it. Um, Whoa! I, uh, so yeah, this was I, your GameCube version. Yeah, I had a DS um, for the length of the DS, but I, just, I never got a hold of this one. Um, I just... I know those words, but that sentence doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, know, I had a I GameCube, know. but never bought Mario Kart on uh, Double Dash. Yeah, I had like Mario Party DS. I had all kinds. I knew Super Mario. I just, I didn't, I didn't get this one. Um, yeah, brain training. So, yeah, I, I did have brain training. I, I had brain age. I had brain age two. I didn't have brain age one because ah, that's the good one. I yeah. had brain training, and I didn't even have a DS. <laughs> DS. <laughs> I'm no, sure I got your DS. I'm kidding. I did have a DS, yes. Um, but my learning curve. So um, I love drifting um, mm. in, in Mario Kart. And uh, I, I really liked the drifting in Double Dash going from, from Double Dash to this. Yeah. Um, in Double Dash, you don't hop. You just go straight into the, the turn. Yeah. Um, so it, was, it, it felt uh, refreshing and new. But when I'm playing DS, I'm drifting and I'm doing it right. But... I'm not getting the speed boosts that I'm. Yeah, it does. It, if to. you've been playing eight for ages and then you start on mm -hmm. the DS, you're like, okay, so where's the boost? Yeah, I feel like and I need to get. You, you feel like you're not being given a reward, as though the, mm -hmm. the drift itself is not enough. Right. 
So every once in a while, I would get a little blue boost, and I was like, I'm doing so. I, maybe this is just bad. But finally, on like, th- there's seven cups. There's mm. four, and then we get the first four retro cups in this one. Mm. Uh, so I'm playing the second to the last cup, and it clicks. I need to be rocking the D-pad back and forth. And then I'll get the blue pretty quickly, and then I can even get the next boost. Like I think it's orange in this one. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I'm I'm off to the races. You know <laughs> I'm uh, going through. Uh, I, this is like halfway through the second to last. Just cup, describing I, this, I f- I felt the need to walk out of the room quietly while you were talking, get my DSI, and then whack Mario, and then just quietly play <laughs> while you were describing <laughs> it. It's so compulsive. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, it's just like it it really lit the game up for me uh and suddenly i was like oh man i'm i'm all done now <laughs> i gotta go on to the next one i just learned how to play it uh so there's there's um probably gonna be some more ds in my future as i uh really have unlocked the the, the ability to play this go with the feeling um, I think this yeah. is probably the oldest game that I would heartily recommend people go back to. DS lights are so cheap. I picked one up on eBay in great condition for £30. Any game that was popular will not be expensive. Except for the Pokemons. Those just keep going up in value. I also picked up a DSi for the same price just to enjoy the form factor, because I've never had one before. The DSi, however, does not have the GBA slot at the bottom, like the light does. That's why I never got one. Of course, you might then have to pay ridiculous inflated online prices for original GBA cartridges, but that's what various workarounds are for. And playing on original hardware as well, I know you can emulate this, but there is no substitute, and I found this... Of, of just the feel of actually holding this thing in your hands and it being this level of responsive. Mm. And, yeah, just, just grab one now while they're available before... Get them while they're hot. Yeah, get them, because they are, there is a limited lifeline on old hardware and original stuff. Mm. And, uh, yeah, don't stop, Pilot. Forget one. And don't do what that twat did and, like, buy a bunch of working Game Boy colours... <laughs> And then pour perspex all over them just so you can have a bunch of... Ma- oh, you scumbag! Yeah. Basically, we're telling you, get one Mario Kart DS. Don't get eight of them. Yeah. And don't seal them in plastic so no one can play them. It's very fluid and responsive and some of the best like straight out the gate track selections on this as well as a whole bunch of extra classic tracks uh in oftentimes they took these snes tracks and then they gave them extra dimensionality so rather than being a completely flat tabletop with these like little um squares that when you bump into them they disappear and like just sort of these tiles they actually built them up with little walls now so you've got much more of a sort of 3d model with polygonal characters and there's i think the luigi's mansion level i think it's like one of the the first that you get to race on there is one particular corner where if you start drifting you do like that multi-story car park drift from uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, where you just go round and round, and you just keep going round. It's so fucking amazing to be able to do that without, and, and the game doesn't make you work too hard for it. It just goes, 
you found the right place, you held the racing line, well done, here is your reward, you just go zooming round sideways. One of my favourite, now gone forever, digital games was Outrun Online Arcade on 360 and PS3. I loved the drifting mechanics. And so whenever a game comes along that does this trick, it's going to immediately win my affection. Like, um, I was looking into Crash Team Racing Nitro Refueled on the Switch, and a lot of the uh, reviews that I watched on it were, were talking about becoming frustrated with uh, how punishing the levels are in comparison to Mario Kart. It is not a, a, a game for little kids. This is for the best race boys. Then I saw another review which was like, it's not just going to give it to you like candy the way that Mario Kart does. You've got to work for it. You've got to get good at uh, Crash Bandicoot. And I'm like, okay. It's, what I would love Delete. is two different settings. The get good setting for the best race boy and then the easy setting for someone who just wants to drift like candy. Thank you very much. So, yeah. Also, mission modes. That is something that has not come back uh, into Mario Kart and could e fairly simply be applied with some work and elbow grease uh, from Nintendo to Mario Kart 8, since everybody obligingly bought it multiple times on Wii U and Switch, and it's still the best-selling game on the Switch. You've got the, uh, the loads of new tracks coming out. How about you bring back mission mode? Or maybe in whatever Mario Kart 9 or whatever the follow-up is takes effect. Mission mode would be a good idea. As would story mode, which is something the original Crash Team Racing totally had. As did Diddy Kong Racing and Little Big Planet Karting also had a story mode. Speaking of which, one of the best uh, moments of the uh, time I had was uh, because I'd gotten so many DSs, we had the DS Lite, the DSi, and we got uh, Willow to fire up their uh, 3DS XL, and it worked. We basically managed to have a three-player, multiplayer, same room, living room, um, kart racing scenario, which was just splendid fun to all have our own screens and just all zoom around together. That was, that was great. And so... If you get a cartridge, again, it does that thing where it generously lets your friends uh, play without having them own their own cartridge. You have to play as shy guys, uh, apart from the person who owns the cartridge, as an incentive to, to sell the uh, what should be something that everyone should own anyway. But um, yeah, if you've got a friend with a DS, try that out. That is totally worth it. Also, this, uh, the uh, extra characters that this one, one featured included Dry Bones and Rob the Robot. Rob! Rob the robot. <laughs> it had been a long time since anyone even thought about Rob, so that was nice. That was really neat. And Waluigi, like I said. Never, ever take Waluigi out of your games. The Wii version. <laughs> okay. This is my favorite. Yee-haw! Howdy! It's me, Cowboy Jet! Come on down to the Mario Kart Emporium! People ask, Jet, how easy is it to drive in the new Mario Kart Wii game? And Jet says, get behind the wheel! Wanna do a flip? Get behind the wheel! Wanna pop a wheelie? Get behind the wheel! Wanna power slide? Get behind the wheel! Still not convinced? Just look at Jet Jr. This is great, Daddy! Look at that boy! Every Mario Kart Wii comes with a Wii wheel! Rated E for everyone! For the Wii version, released in 2008, Nintendo were now flying high with both the DS dominating the handheld market, even in competition with phones, 
and the Wii capitalizing on the perception of Nintendo being a toy for the living room and actually leaning into it, delivering something Granny could take part in at Christmas, as could Brian May, uh, with bowling and baseballing and Wii sports and Wii music. Uh, so while the power level was on par with the GameCube, what this new version did was bring in the online multiplayer of the DS version of Mario Kart, widening the tracks to accommodate now 12 races rather than the usual 8, but it also delivered multiple controller possibilities. I think that's the thing that really struck me about this one. Would have been really helpful on the GameCube version. On the original Wii you could plug in your GameCube pads into the four covered slots on the side or you could get with the times and use the Wii remote and nunchuck or you could plug in a classical pad into the same Wii remote or you could turn that remote sideways and play it like an NES pad and finally you could stuff that remote into a small cheap plastic wheel shape that came Sharon is shrinking in the memory of having to try this wheel shape that came packaged with the game and you could fall prey to its horrendous oversteering motion controls. So, Name, you really like this one. Before Sharon talks about the, her, her brief ordeal... with the Wii wheel! Uh, <laughs> why is this one way up uh, high on your list? You know, there's there's kind of an arc to this, so maybe it would be better for uh, the, the Wii wheel grievances to come up first. <laughs> Honestly, it's a very short grievance. It's okay. dire. I didn't help myself by having the... Because we, we didn't actually have the wheel. Yeah. So I was just using the, the nunchuck. Just holding it holding like a it wheel. as if it was a wheel. I had the damn thing upside down. Ah. <laughs> and it took me... <laughs> Uh, almost the entire race to realize that this was the case. I was going to say, you could definitely tell which that was the right way up on the Wii wheel, because it would only it go would in one you. way. Yeah, but absolutely. you could still probably hold the Wii wheel upside down. Well, yes, feasibly so, and my guess is I probably would have done that too. But even it with it, just... I played it back in the day with the Wii wheel on, and it was just like, I'm going to turn it ever so slightly to the right. Prang! Okay, ever so slightly to the left. Prang! Yeah, it was It was, it was hilarious. It was all my old problems with oversteering and added new ones and it was just it was so funny we actually podcasted on this way back in like 2007 when we covered the e3 from that year reggie fizerme came out with this plastic piece of crap and went we have revolutionized mario kart and made it bad with this <laughs> and we went that looks bad reggie and then it turned out to be bad but luckily <laughs> To their, to their credit, I miss Reggie too. I miss Iwata and when they came out as puppets. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, maybe the best thing about the Wii version is that it, got, it gave us that many options in terms of what felt comfortable to race with. Because actually, I found that racing with a nunchuck and, and controller, Willow hated that, but I kind of liked it. Uh, but I, I applaud the fact that they gave they thought about this rather than say forcing it like they they went really wrong with Star Fox Zero with a couple of things that they yeah. forced into that game that people really didn't like I had this um like as a modern Mario Kart this was the first one where I'm like okay I have the latest Mario Kart whoopee mm. um I had not I had not one not two, but three wee wheels in the in the in the house growing up. Three wee uh, wheels. Yeah, yeah, it was it was incredible. <laughs> it sounds I think my incredible. Mom, 
I think my mom thought that you needed them to play, so that was very generous of her. Now you can <laughs> throw three Wii Wheels out the window in yep, frustration. Yep. Uh, so I played Mario Kart Wii almost entirely with the wheel uh, growing up, and it was, you know, fun. <sighs> um, was it precise, Nami? Did it help? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, coming back to this, I sat down to play Wii, and I knew in my head, okay, this is, I know this is my favorite Mario Kart. I hope it holds up. And I got my Wii remote out, and I was playing, and I did the first cup, and it was awful. Oh. It was just so bad playing with that motion because uh, suddenly I'm going from Double Dash and DS, mm. uh, where I'm being very hyper focused on yeah, my precision. Precise. Yeah. Uh, the drifting just right. And then this is just, this. when I turn a little bit, it turns all the way. I, it's just, it was, it was a, it was a nightmare to control. That's exactly what I just said. Yeah. So I'm not wrong. Brilliant. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. I was really worried. I was like, oh no, this is going to be, this is going to be the worst one. I, why do I like this game so much? Fortunately, Nintendo gave you an out. Yeah. I then took out my GameCube controller and I was like, all right, I've got my Wii here. I can plug in the controller. I'm just going to go controller ever this. made. I hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I start playing it and it's, I'm controlling my car well. I'm like, okay, this is back to it. I'm drifting. I'm getting the speed boost. This is feeling good. But the one thing that I'm missing is the tricks. Um, you can, when you're controlling with the Wii remote, if you do a little flip yeah, with your shake controller, it. yeah, when you go off uh, uh, like hills or bumps or something, mm. you'll get a little, uh, you'll do a trick and you'll get a little boost. So pretty and much the same as if you press the uh, right trigger on the eight. This is the first Mario Kart game to have uh, motorcycles, to have bikes. And uh, if you pull up on your Wii remote when you're on a straightaway or when you're not, if you want to make a bad choice, um, (laughs) you can do a wheelie. You can pop a wheelie and you'll go super fast. And I really like that about um, Mario Kart Wii. Um, And I, I couldn't do do those with my GameCube control and I was really bummed out by that. I was like, well, this would be the best way to play it if I could do that. The D-pad on the GameCube controller, the thing that is so bad to play anything else, like that that you never touch that thing. If you hit the side to side buttons on uh when you're when you would be on a hill to do a trick, that will do the trick. For oh you. nice. And if you hit up on the D-pad then you'll pop the wheelie. And once I found that about a third of the way into my my, my playthrough of this, that was it. Uh, like almost just, uh, almost like Mario Kart DS when I figured out how to do everything there, this was great. And immediately I was like, all right, yes, this I'm, I'm, I'm right in my memory. This is my favorite Mario Kart because it takes everything up into the series. It takes uh, drifting that was arguably perfected in Double Dash. It takes, um, uh, the the little if if you f- follow behind somebody in Mario Kart DS, like you could follow their airstream, I suppose, and you get a little boost with that. Again, visually resplendent drafting, first introduced on the N sixty four version. You've got the the wheelies and the tricks mm. in in Wii, and the tricks for me really cement the Mario Kart experience because suddenly every single moment that you are on the racetrack can be you you can be doing something if you know how to do it yeah you right? can show off and actually benefit from it yeah and so um 
by having something to do at all times, be it going up uh, bumps in the road or going on turns or being on straightaway paths, you can go fast with your wheelie. Hmm. Um, it feels like they, they took a leaf out of uh, Tony Hawk and SSX Tricky's book for this. Even yeah. though it was many, many years later. But uh, yeah, just adding stuntery. And to a degree that has diminished in the subsequent uh, episodes. Yeah. Um, it just it, it feels like an art form when mm. I am doing it all correctly. When I'm playing, uh, I, I played this at 100 still. Um, it just, everything looked great. You know, when they have these big slopes that you can go up, like you're snowboarding, Mm -hmm. uh, and you hang in the air and if you're doing the trick, then you'll like spin around and you'll come down and you'll go fast. And it it just, it just feels amazing. Um, before I, uh, bring it back to you guys, I'm going to tell a little story about when I was, I don't, I, I don't know, 13, 14. Does it involve Uh, wee wheels? Uh, Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> I, can't go for it. I don't remember which controller I'm using, but I'm doing um, maybe time trials or something, trying to get a fast time on uh, Rainbow Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, I guess I had I guess I had discovered Queen as a band. I don't know, but I had a CD of Queen on that was just playing in the we background. Keep coming back to Brian May on this episode. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. He uh, loved the Queen right. Wheel. And uh, just as I'm going through the CD, as I'm playing uh, Mario Kart Wii, uh, the song Don't Stop Me Now uh, is coming on oh, as nice. I'm doing That's... Rainbow Road. Uh, if it may, Maybe you could put some of that into this into Oh, this I show. can, yeah. I'm a yeah. rocket ship on my way to Mars. Absolutely. Now imagine those lyrics um playing as you are going through the arc of the wee's rainbow road i want to go do that uh, now yeah exactly. i guarantee some of our listeners are already playing mario kart by this yeah. point do that because it is it it it's it, it's transcendent like you feel um i don't know it just it feels like that song was made for the track and it feels like the track was made for the song so it has Get the exact same up. tempo of the actual yeah. rolling through yeah, as you pick up speed, so does the song. Nice. If you, if anything else, guys, uh, open up some tabs, get a tab of "Don't Stop Me Now" going, and a tab of some gameplay of Mario Kart uh, Rainbow Road on Wii. Uh, which just Rainbow Road? Because I'm assuming there were there was a classic version, and it'll it'll be the one that was from the yeah. Wii one, right? Yeah, the the Wii one specifically. So the, okay. the one that's new to this game. Okay. And it's 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 a lot of fun. It's great. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, one extra feather in the cap of the N64 version, uh, as well as Toad's Turnpike, which is this absurd, like, racing on the motorway, which Willow, being uh, actually extremely safe, was like, well, this looks very dangerous, and I would do something like that. And, uh, I hated it too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, the, the Rainbow Road on N64 has uh, safety rails. And I'm like, this, this is uh, a, a great new version of Rainbow Road. The only version of Rainbow Road I will tolerate. <laughs> The uh, original is quite tricky, as it turns out. Uh, Let's see. Um, Oh, this was the 10th best-selling game ever made. (laughs) Woohoo! Wow. Wow. Uh, It had a little bit more rubber banding uh, on this one. Oh, yeah, that was the one. This is the one that felt like all the races were clustered in the middle. So it was like I was either in the lead and everyone was behind me, or I had 
messed up once and everyone raced ahead of me. Under those circumstances, you may as well just have me race one other racer if they're either going to be all ahead of me or all behind me. If they're all just as good as each other and all it takes is one mistake and I drop all the way down the leaderboard, it just felt frustrating. So I, honestly, mm -hmm. I get, I got much more of the feeling that people uh, always associate with Mario Kart 64 on the Wii version than I did on 64. Maybe just because I was playing 50cc on 64 and I needed to try out bikes. Uh, also, is this the first one with the air horn? I think that's seven. Okay, right. Play Nintendo 3DS! is crazy fun racing by land, sea, and air. You can choose your favorite character and cart to take a wild ride through the Mushroom Kingdom. You can play with Mario and many more friends in games for Nintendo 3DS. This holiday, play Nintendo 3DS. Rated E for everyone. Game and system sold separately. Seven is a big one for us. Uh, this one also often gets forgotten for several reasons. One, the 3DS sold 75 million units worldwide over its lifetime, while its predecessor, the DS, sold more than twice as many, 154 million. I knew you were going to say twice as many. I didn't say it though, did I? I'll just have to take twice as many. <laughs> well, then I'll just have to take twice as many, won't I? Twice as many? Twice as many? Twice as many? Also, Nintendo ran the original Wii, which was already old PS2-era tech from the year 2000 all the way up to the release of the Wii U in 2012. So they basically made this tech last for 12 years, just riding this as far as they could make it go. Good tech? I mean, popular tech. But these games looked bad as the HD of the uh, um, 360 and PS3, which, remember, came out in 2005, 2006. So that yeah. was year after year of HD gaming. Nintendo was still on SD. Mm. Again, like I say, in composite cables, not looking great. Yeah, But I, I think the reliability of it is a, is a big factor. For people who were new to the brand something that's nice and stable and isn't going to fall over and isn't going to be too complicated to load stuff up is appealing. Doing this also, it may have kept them in the lead in the market, but it also put them at least a power generation behind Microsoft and Sony. And currently they are now two behind. They are running maybe a little bit more powerful than 360 tech from 2005 up against the PS5. Mm. I do think they've got the advantage back, though. In fact, yeah, no, the Switch outsold the Wii recently. So, I mean, it's, they're, they're doing okay right now and, and uh, with no sign of stopping. But it did make the early 2010s an awkward time for Nintendo because they had so much catch-up to do. They were no longer in the living room toy boom time and neither handheld nor console was dominating those wings of the market. So the, the 3DS had been like you know, overshadowed. Like The DS was huge, but now suddenly people were... The iPad I, and I tablets had made... all the way at this point. Yeah. Mm. It took a while for phones to really get that level of traction as, as the thing that everyone had. But eventually, I think, when phones became the thing you had, you got instead of a PC, that was a big turning point. Also, Mario Kart 7 looks superficially as similarly polished as Mario Kart 8 on Wii U and Switch. And while blowing all three up to massive screens would make the difference obvious if you had all three in front of you, they are also mechanically fairly similar. 
but that doesn't mean it's not great to play seven. In fact, it's fantastic. So, Sharon, the uh, Forgotten Whipping Boy. The Forgotten Whipping Boy is my favourite. Okay, tell us why. So, everything... Okay, just rewind a bit. Take everything that I said about the DS. Yep. Port it here. Yep. And then add super hot graphics. Okay. I'm actually going to go and get the 3DS, uh, the XL, the new Nintendo 3DS XL, the new one. Okay. That was... <laughs> put out years and years ago. I wish they'd stop using the word new. <laughs> I do not think it means what you think it means. Absolutely. It's um, got a shelf life. I've forgotten. There's a first person mode in this, which I never showed you. So really? while you're talking, I'm going to fire that up and give you a go. And we can experience what it's like for Sharon to try that out okay. with motion controls oh, in real time. No. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn me off it, because it will be an option that I don't have to use. But yeah, the... Everything that I loved about the DS version ports over to the 3DS. All that stuff about having the dual screen, being able to do the top-down driving. The graphic improvements, though, are, for me, I'm not going to say shinier, they work better for me in 3DS format than they do when we get up to eight on the Wii U and the Switch. Which is unarguably shinier than the 3DS version. Absolutely, but I will tell you for why. I think this again comes back down to a combination of my sight issues, which can only really accommodate for so much in terms of graphics. But the other thing, and this this was this occurred to me while I was kind of jumping between these three games, the, the 3DS, the Wii U, and the, the Switch versions of 8, and it, I think it's an accessibility thing. I think what it comes down to is that the, the graphics in 8 are so pin sharp. Especially on the OLED handheld. Particularly on the OLED, yeah. And, and not just that the, the carts and the, your driver and your foreground stuff are pin sharp, your backgrounds are pin sharp. Mm. Now, I, I've, people who listen to the show regularly will know this. I have ADHD and my attention works in a very particular way. And one element of that is that my brain has difficulty prioritizing the thing that is most important. And when you put that in visual terms what it means is effectively my brain is trying to look at everything at once playing on the 3ds 7 your backgrounds are a little bit softer a little bit blurrier a little bit more obviously distant and that tells... by design because they're trying to give you depth exactly and that tells my brain you don't need to worry about that stuff it's way off you can just ignore it which allows me to concentrate on my driver when I'm playing on the Switch and the Wii U, the, the eight Mario Kart 8, my head is trying to absorb everything all at once. I can't focus on what I'm supposed to be doing, and I very quickly get to that point that I mentioned before where I start to go into almost dissociative state because there's too much going on. It's like my brain goes blurry. 
and it makes me start to feel not exactly queasy but just like the room is starting to spin and everything is just too intense and I can't play those games for long. They, I'll talk more about them when we get there. They look absolutely amazing but I just can't keep them up. And like that I said, surprised I, me. I mean a lot of things actually surprised me about this particular uh, uh, I suppose, trial period on all of them that we put mm. ourselves through. And I like the fact that we discovered new things. Yeah. But that you didn't like eight all that much surprised me oh, because no, no, it's no, so it's, beautifully it, polished. It's still, and again, when we get to it, I'll, I'll talk about that, but it's it's still top. The, the Both versions of eight are still in my top five. They just can't be right at the top because I cannot play them that much. And as I said, I think it's just this visual thing. Okay, I'm going to hand this over to also you. Also the fact that we don't have the top down, which means that whenever I get inked, I get very annoyed. <laughs> Name, you actually reminded me of this when you said that pressing left or right on the D-pad on the, uh, the hui-wheel will uh, access your stunts. Now, I've given this to you in 3D, first-person mode. All you have to do is press up on, uh, on the uh, D-pad, which you wouldn't normally do when playing a, a Mario Kart game, and I never have done, therefore I didn't know this secret mode was there. Uh, and it effectively allows you to go around face first in a Mario Kart track. What, what's it like? Uh, it's fine. I probably wouldn't choose to play it this way because it's got me so close to the action that I am having to do that be very reactive thing, which is not my forte. It is a little bit like being on a first-person roller coaster that you have control over. Yes, yeah. it's it's a little intimidating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And intimidating can, is a good word. I can time. tell already that if I did this for too long, it would start to make me feel a bit oh, yeah. crazy. Oh yeah. I'm going to turn off the 3D play. for you. No, no, no. It's not the 3D. It, weirdly enough, it's not the 3D. Hmm. Uh, I, I've always had issues with 3D but for some reason the um, the 3DS uh, is, is really smooth and the I, new 3DS with its uh, stabilisation that's right yeah. nice. Nintendo by the uh, uh, tail end of this particular handheld's lifespan we're almost trying to not much disavow the 3DS the, the, the 3D in general but they, they'd noticed that a high percentage something like a quarter of players did not like the 3D uh, and that's before they uh, uh, released the upgraded um, stability uh, but also they got Surgeon General's warnings saying don't let kids play these it'll mess their eyes up yeah I think the, the general guidelines were if your kid is under 6 they shouldn't yeah. be using the 3D at all if they're under 12 we don't recommend yeah which uh, like if you can't uh, appeal to your catchment audience which is little kids you're in real trouble which is why they uh, uh, released the 2DS. Do you remember the brouhaha when the 2DS came out and like dudes going, I don't want to buy this thing? Then don't! It's not for you! <laughs> um, and then the uh, 2DS XL, which has actually become kind of a favourite with uh, 3DS fans because it's just a you know, really nice, sturdy version with clear screens. Uh, but uh, I originally did not like the uh, 3D myself, and then I then I got the uh, new version and uh, played Zelda: Link Between Worlds and Mario 3D Land, and those are just treasures. Yep, best ones. And it makes me so sad that again I'm going to urge folks get a DS because they're like 30 quid. Get a 3DS. I mean, if you're going to get only one of them, get a 3DS because it'll play all DS games as well, because the games on this machine are tied forever to the hardware. Like, even if you get, even if we got Metroid Samus Returns on the Switch, you'd never get the 3D effect 
there. You, you, you have one opportunity while all of these machines are out there. And the since COVID struck, collect, the collector's market rocketed upwards. I think someone said on the uh, Discord that a certain subset of collectors who were able to afford it wanted their childhoods back because they were stuck inside and they paid a premium price on it. And a whole bunch of other speculators are now hoarding all the best stuff and selling it off at ridiculous prices if they sell it at all, which again drives the prices up. And that is a goddamn shame, because now is a time when being able to get hold of these things while we can, while they're available, while they're working, and also while there's a really excellent modding scene going on where people repurpose and recondition and reshell existing original hardware. It's it's magic if you if you look at what they're able to do. I I I, I call them solder boys because they go in there <laughs> and they aren't intimidated by the wires and they go I'm just going to just do this da, 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 da. and now you have a perfectly, you know, functioning like better than it was originally as, Game as Boy as opposed to a melted lump of lead. Yeah, I, I would just <laughs> you know, I would smash it and then offer it up to the god Shug Nasty uh, hoping that he might bless me with a fine fat goose but <laughs> seriously uh, while you can af- get hold of a 3ds i know the switch is badass and has everything there are some unique games on this system that literally can't be played in the same way anywhere else and the original 3d experience of zelda a link between worlds really has to be played to be appreciated and mario kart 3ds is also i think my favorite it's it's for all the reasons that Sharon stated, and because of that same kind of, I'm playing this game, it's in my hands, I don't have to look at everything on a massive screen in front of me, and uh, just, you know, the amount of control I have over what I'm seeing, there be, being able to raise and lower the 3D if it's starting to, to wear me down, mm. play in short bursts. I think this might be Willow's favourite as well, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, they have been playing it a lot. Like- I'll double-check the uh, rankings, but, yeah, that 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 is... That is unusual, but uh, for us all to gravitate towards the same <laughs> one. Um, Name, what you uh, couldn't find your cartridge on this one. Yeah, it's a real shame. Ah. I couldn't do it for this, um, but... I, I did get it on launch. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it like the whole um, first year or so, while the first couple months were rocky for the 3DS, it just, it was so magical um, playing all of these. It really, they, they felt like they were just close enough to console level gaming on mm. the 3DS. And then with the 3D effect, it just, it, it was really awesome. I'm I'm looking at uh, some of these levels to remind myself, and they're just they, yeah. You guys are absolutely right about the presentation, and it's just it's really pleasant to look at. Mm. Um, they are uh, uh, just it, it's very cheerful uh, color palette. You know, it's all the bright stuff from you know from 3D Land. There's a lot of that same energy here. Mm-hmm. Um, that roundedness. If you look at the the, yeah. um, the remake of uh, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, they they really made that look like it's it's a sort of a big 3D adventure and but there's that softness as well like if you look at N64 graphics there's always this sharp angular edge to everything everything's like a stegosaurus pointy, pointy. but on 3D they managed to make not not everything but they managed to make a hell of a lot of things look really soft and appealing in yeah. a way that I think was informed upon heavily by the Wii, if you look at things like Mario Galaxy, where just the, the stars were sort of like pudgy little plushies that you could hold, mm. as opposed to these spiky things. Me influenced, perhaps? 
A little. I mean, I hate me's. They are <laughs> disgusting little Fisher Price men. And I, I just, every time I see the screen that says, Do you want to race as you me? You can race as you me. I don't want to race as my me. They're disgusting. <laughs> I liked, conversely, the Microsoft uh, little guys, but it seemed like Microsoft immediately regretted doing those and was trying to discourage you from ever uh, using them or changing your clothes or anything after a while. But uh, yeah, I still uh, you go between my 360 and my Xbox One to negotiate new clothes onto my avatar. But um, yeah, sorry, continue, Nami. Um, I only thing I want to bring up is: Do we want to say anything about um, being able to edit your cart for the first time? That's a huge deal. Yeah, no, uh, go for it. Yeah, uh, cart editing. Also, you might want to talk about uh, gliding and going underwater. I think that was yeah. the first time as well. Um, I obviously experienced this more recently with eight, but um, the addition to um, being able to drive under the water and up in the sky and swapping out your, all your parts uh, really brought um, some some life into the game. You know, like after you mastered all of this movement in Wii, what, what do you do next? And let's just give them more places to drive. Uh, so specifically with water, anytime that you're playing Mario Kart before seven, you are uh, terrified of the water because yeah. if you fall in there, then you are out and you're going to be like four or five spots behind when you when Lake 2 brings you back. Look, he's got to bring your ass out of the water and take a toll when he does so. Yep. He's yep. looking at you coins. like a magic money tree. He yeah, doesn't do that for coins, anyone else, you'll notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you are underwater in, in, in seven and in eight, there's um, kind of a wonder to it. You're like, oh, what is down here? You know, I, especially with uh, retro tracks. You know, that suddenly the stuff that you are have always been afraid of, you're kind of invited to go in and like look at all the stuff that we put here. Yeah, the um, um uh, what my favorite GameCube track, which I played for the first time, dry was uh, is the cruise liner, and on the 3DS, that section where you drop into like the very near the engine rooms is now suspended underwater so it feels like the same thing but now you're it's sinking the ship is sinking and you gotta get off this thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i just i really enjoy that about uh what this game did for the series um because i don't know it's just it, it it's like yeah basically where where do we go next we go everywhere this feels like eight very much. If you if yeah. you play seven and then eight, you'd be like, I can see how they've added a few things to this and taken away really just the 3D, and that's about it. Yeah, it's kind of a shame for seven because um, uh, seven's kind of out of the conversation about Mario Kart at this point. Yeah, people are like, oh, I like Wii, I like Double Dash, I like DS. Nobody ever mentioned seven because it's just it's 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 so similar to eight um, that it's it's kind of a, a shame for it. It doesn't. Uh, I think it's because it's because eight doesn't take anything away from it that it thus doesn't do anything that no one else you does. You don't need to. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need to go back to it unless, like me, you've got an issue with the advancement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or you could just say now we're improving on perfection. Anyway, <laughs> I mean there was they, they added the uh, the roller coasters and the very busy um, race tracks of uh, of uh, eight. But uh, yeah, no, this is, I think it's just that it, it has that balance that we just thrive on. And yeah. there's also so much to unlock as you go around that it never really feels tedious. And you, you can always fire it up, play a game and then turn it back off again. It's, uh, it's got that uh, Moorishness about it. It's like having a 
bag of cookies, really nice ones, in the kitchen. You, you go, you walk past, you open the bag, you take a cookie, you keep going, you come back, you maybe take another cookie, and now they're all gone, you get another bag. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's a mixed metaphor, but I think it's, it's a bag of delicious, fancy cookies. And there are apparently 1,190 combinations of uh, uh, different cart wheels and cart bits. Willow is working their way through them all. Yeah, wow. good luck. Well, that's the the intention is that they're keeping records to see how well they do with each individual combination. I get you. That's cool. That's that's honing their craft. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it also had gyroscope controls, which uh, I think, you know, after the Wii's uh, attempt at that, it feels like, well, everything's got to have gyro controls now. <laughs> they made a wheel for the 3DS. Oh, uh, nobody no. bought it, but it's out there. And now we have to get it. <laughs> and I'll glue the 3DS into it. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Uh, also, it lacks in verses and mission mode uh, or extensive content, which is a uh, like th- this is a this again. If it had brought back the mission modes of the DS version, which of course it was the ideal placement for it, that would make it different to eight. It wouldn't be entirely unique, but it would bring that forward. And the mission modes is more of a handheld thing. Yeah. So I guess the one thing it does have is first-person mode, which I don't think is a- in anything else. Oh, sh- Sharon's shaking her head. No, <laughs> I did not like that. The <laughs> it's fine, but I won't be using it. It's fine. Okay, so uh, last one for this particular roster, because I don't think we're really going to talk about tour. Let's just briefly talk about tour. It's fucking horrible. It's a disgusting... <laughs> it's The whole thing's like a weekend in Vegas, injected directly into your eyeballs, and you quite liked it. Uh, well, but no, Willow and I say, know that it is yeah. a lying cryptocurrency filled gamblo mess where you gotta wank off a, uh, a green pipe knob <laughs> to get it to fire and spunk characters and cart bits out I... after you give it rubies and coins and clouds and stars and ham and whatever else it wants. What follows is a genuine commercial for Nintendo's phone based Mario Kart. like a Lovecraftian box of horror. I think Jim Stephanie Sterling had the best take when they said, According to a Wall Street Journal report, Nintendo is bothered by the idea of being seen as greedy and adjusts its economies to be less manipulative than other free-to-play structures. Sources claim that because Nintendo sees mobile games as marketing tools rather than strict money-making ventures, their adjustment of rare gacha drops exasperates more experienced mobile developers who believe they could make far more cash if they weren't told to be fairer. While this sounds somewhat positive, it also explains why Nintendo Nintendo's mobile efforts are not living up to their potential. Why they charge money, but they're not even worth the money. Why we don't see full-fledged Animal Crossing or Pokemon games on our phones, despite how mind-blowingly successful they could be. Nintendo just doesn't care enough. It's merely all promotion to them, and yet, 
it's promotion they're nonetheless making tons of money from, because no matter how much you adjust the odds, in-game gambling is still in-game gambling. You can tell yourself you're being more fair, but you're still fucking with people's heads to frustrate them into spending cash. More to the point, I don't think Nintendo's alleged aversion to greed really squares with Mario Kart Tour's cynical and exploitative design. Mario Kart Tour is pointedly built to sink its mental hooks into people with a loot pipe system that provides rewarding highs broken up by duplicated disappointment. It's got a grinding approach to progression with multiple experience meters and a confusopoly progression system that turned me off the whole thing. Its subscription pass is a joke compared to the recent sub-models on either major mobile platform and above all, it's just a pretty shitty Mario Kart game. I wouldn't say I quite liked it, but I have more tolerance for iOS games than you do. Mm. Willow said exactly the right thing, which is, oh, this is wrong. <laughs> it's, if you folks haven't played it, you're basically, the cart drives itself, you scrape your finger left and right to make it go left and right, and then it goes, well done, well done, everyone gets a prize, you get some money, here's a, here's a little bit of money, do you want to buy some rubies with real money? Because that's where the real money is. You've got to get that. Um, you know. And if you, uh, if you pay us, we'll make it less boring. It is shameless, I will say that. It's fucking horrible. Although it does have a fantastic selection of uh, characters. Yeah. Potential characters. Sorry, I want to put a little potential there. You start off with Toad, everyone else unlocks slowly over a large amount of time, a large amount of waiting, a large amount of thumb twiddling, a large amount of screen scraping, a large amount of real money exchanged for pretend money, and acceptance that characters like Mario have a very, very low drop rate. Yeah, on tour, I messed around with it a little bit last night. Um, I think what would really, like, it's, it's not a great game, mm. uh, but I, I think what would improve the experience is if you had a hot button. Uh, yeah, because yeah, when when you're steering, just you'll in the bottom just go, right hand corner or something. Yeah, because you'll go directly into the into the drift if you like hold left or right hard enough, mm -hmm. and that just doesn't feel right with everything. With with every Mario Kart game, you've got the shoulder button that does the hop, uh, and then you start the drift. Mm. And I think blending that into one function, while that's a good idea for a mobile game because you want as, as few things to do as possible. Mm. Um, it, uh, I, I, there's, there's just a disconnect there for me. Yeah. Um, I will say that um, people have been asking for years, ever since 8 Deluxe came out on the Switch, where's Mario Kart 9? When are we going to get a Mario Kart for the Switch that's unique to the Switch? Uh, and it's kind of tore because um, the, the, a lot of the Mario Kart team developed the tracks for tour yeah um and so it's kind of seen if you see graphics of it that nintendo puts out they put tour on the graphics of all the other eight mario karts because it's got a lot of the same dna in it it's muddied and it's a clone and it's it, it's really gross to look at but it's it, it's got 
it's got all of the same uh, stuff that goes into the design of a Mario Kart game. So that that's that's where Mario Kart has been all this time. It's been on your phone. If they bring some of those tour tracks oh, they will. to eight. They've said they will. Right, that's fine then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's... The, the, one of the best things about tour in terms of the tracks is that they've got city tracks, so Tokyo, London, mm-hmm. uh, Strasbourg. They've got more opportunity to experiment <coughs> Sydney. before they put them out. Bucharest. Yeah, yeah that's kind of John why I'm excited Martin. for the new levels, because um, when we get all those levels uh, in eight with the, with the bonus pack, mm-hmm. a, a, a good chunk of them are going to be new to us, and yeah. they're going to be good, because they're going to be designed by the same, by the same team. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 not that nothing good has come from this. I I think most of us here would have just been, you know if it's a choice between a microtransaction filled disaster piece and just pay nine ninety nine and get an iOS sort of trimmed down version of Mario Kart eight or seven on uh, on your phone, which actually is quite responsive and doesn't badger you for this and that, and is actually quite generous with what it gives you as you win through the thing. I think that actually would have made a lot of kids who, who maybe whose parents haven't got a Nintendo for them I, I, quite happy. Yeah, I think part of the difficulty is that, that I'm, I'm not an expert on the history of iOS gaming by any means, but I have dabbled in and out over the years. Mm-hmm. And the there was a period where iOS gaming was dipping its toe in being a legitimate yeah. handheld. Like, you could buy proper games, proper. Proper. Quote, yeah. Not for casuals. Not for casuals. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but like, a game that you would pay a fiver for, and it was a, an entire game. They weren't A game that wasn't constantly extending its hand and saying, give yeah. me more stuff Absolutely. and I'll stop this and timer. And it wasn't just a kill time while you're in the doctor's surgery skinner yeah. box type thing yeah. a game that you would skinner sit has down a lot to answer for it really does doesn't it? <laughs> it's the pigeons i blame um so you could you would skinner games <laughs> sit down and play through the games but they have moved further and further away from that those games still exist but they are few and far between yeah. and apple they, arcade they certainly don't push them and i was just about to say the thing with apple arcade is that again they're trying to nudge even that towards the subscription model yeah. so with apple arcade you don't buy the individual games you pay however much per month i think it's like 4.99 or something and you have access to all the games that apple arcade have mm. but if you want to keep playing them even if there's just like one game that you like you can't then buy buy that game and keep playing it. You've got to keep paying every month. Jim Steph did a, uh, a video the other week on a Gallagher game that mm. is on arcade and has all the microtransactions taken out and is effectively a light version of the game that kind of lets you play it, but it's effectively just an advertisement for, for the, the, the microtransaction-filled yeah. one, and it's really boring and rotten to play. Yeah. It's, it's almost like come in for our buffet lunch, and if you have anything on the buffet lunch that you like, you can go and buy the much more expensive with side dishes and accoutrements version of the meal later. Psych, the buffet lunch is only 80% breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good so. tonight. Before we move on to Mario Kart 8, the current best-selling game on Switch, I just want to juxtapose the commercial for that that originally came out on Wii U with this 1996 commercial for Mario Kart 64, only the second game in the series. It's so weird 
If you've listened to the evolution of how they make their marketing appeal to different audiences, stylistically, they seem to have kind of gone back in time. Now in exactly one minute and 13 seconds, I'm going to drive my go-kart between two carriages of a speeding train. This stunt requires split, second... And many, many, many years later, here's the one for Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 crazy plunge test. Take two. Wait, what test? Don't worry about it. You'll see. Yes, you can race down waterfalls, through airports, off of space stations, and more. In the most action-fueled Mario Kart game yet, every kart, every track, every item has been insanely tested for flippin' fun. Mario Kart 8, only on Wii U. Rated E for everyone. So, the Wii U version. Uh, in 2014, two years after the 3DS version, uh, the already flagging Wii U was blessed with a game that made its console sales, which at the time was suffering, shoot up by 662%. What? Yep. A version of Mario Kart so polished and complete and experienced that eight years later, at the time of recording this show, not only is it not the newest Mario Kart yet still being avidly played today. It is, in fact, the best-selling game on the Nintendo Switch, and it's a reissue. The Switch is, of course, a crafty repackaging of the guts of the Wii U, in the same way that the GameCube being repackaged into the Wii gave that excellent console a uh, new lease of life in a much more premium and versatile form that allows Nintendo dominance of both handheld and console markets. Which is, of course, their aim. Yeah, they were like, I want all the pie! First the handheld, then the console market, then the world! Yeah, this is why folks going, when is the Switch Pro coming out? The one that's for the gamers, no. TM! No. The one that gives us 8K graphics on Mario. You can have a shinier screen, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm sure there will the there screen. will definitely be a more powerful switch, but their their way forwards needs to be mass appeal. Otherwise, if they go niche, then they get something like the PS5. They'll do, they'll do a more powerful version of the Switch when they need to. Yeah. Right now, they don't. So this Switch version was only released three years after the Wii U original. It seems like much shorter than that. So it was like Wii U version comes out, yeah. three years go by, mm. Switch Deluxe version comes out. Uh, but as one of the most recent Nintendo Directs illustrated, it has World of Warcraft levels of keeping itself alive and its player base continuously refreshed with a whole new slew of 48 tracks announced for its slow release in booster packs over the next few years. This, by the way, is why all makes me think we are not seeing a brand new like hardware revision for at least until 2024, because they're like, we've got this going till 2023? <laughs> Absolutely, this mother's got tail. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe su Nintendo Switch. It's not a huge jump up from seven if you played if you've just played seven. 
and, and the Wii U version, I, I kind of I split it across both of these. I wanted to play the Wii U on the gamepad as much as I could, and then play the Switch on the Switch handheld as much as I could, just to get the difference there. Because on the TV screen, they look about the same. Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly smooth, it's wonderful, it's incredibly accessible. You start it up and compared with other games that I've uh, uh, trying to get online in Microsoft or Sony machines and just try, can I just please play a bit? And that they stop, stop, here's some stumbling blocks. Stop, no, you must wait. Loading, no, wait, who are you? Give us your password. No, wait, buy this thing. No, stop, stop. And I just if eventually... you ever want to know why the Switch is the only console I have ever really got to grips with in modern era, that is why. You just press sleep and it's like, oh, I'll play Mario Kart. Okay, let's go. And it just, it, it works so beautifully in that regard. More it's so marvelous. than the Wii U, which did take a little bit of time to, to fire itself up. And obviously the, uh, you said the screen was making you feel sick on either the Wii U and the uh, Switch? Is no, it just no, no. The, that's the, the, the general level? that's the background the thing background that levels. I already okay. discussed. There's not much to pick between them. I prefer the Switch screen mm. to the Wii U pad, but, I mean, that's personal preference. One thing that's puzzling about playing the Wii U version in multiplayer is when we were going around the track, you got... Uh, a, a screen divided into three on the gamepad. Yes. And I specifically gave you, gave you the gamepad because I know that you like to have be able to look at what you're doing or look at the TV but have the option. Mm. And it's like, what, why don't you just give the person who's got the gamepad their screen? Mm. It does give them a bit of a, an advantage, but isn't that a good thing? You well, give the, that to the youngest of the, the, the group and they've got that. the advantage. And also, if you give them a gamepad that's divided into four, they have a real disadvantage because they're now working off a really tiny corner. Yeah. So, like, that, they have to then hold this dinner tray yeah. and... For no good reason. <laughs> ...stare at the TV and not be distracted by what's on the pad. Exactly. That, that was baffling because it's, it like, it's such bit. an easy fix. Yeah. Um, I had the Wii U at launch. Mm -hmm. um, I, I played the the eight game. I, I got all the DLC for it as it came out. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very excited about that. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the additions there. Oh, you could talk about um, that now. Like we're we're sure. rounding down now. Yeah, it was uh, mind blowing to have Link in a Mario Kart game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and and you, you get the villagers in there, and uh, villagers actually my main in in eight. Uh, I, I love Link and his inclusion, but I, I like I like the villager. Um, so uh, yeah, I I, uh, I played the Switch version for for this discussion, and uh, it's my second favorite cart um, behind Wii. Uh, I think the only thing that it's missing really is the wheelies uh, from Wii. You mean the uh, Wii wheel? Although no, you uh, can get the yeah. Wii wheel for the uh, the Switch controller. Yeah, you're right. the wheelies on the bikes. I yeah, pop pop yeah, popping the wheelies. Um, yeah, uh, let's see, what did I have on this? Um, Something that brings it down for me is the smart steering. Mm -hmm. um, you can turn it off when you pause it and hit the button and know to do that. Um, something that the Wii does is that they have an option uh, for automatic drifting and manual drifting. And before you start the race, they give everybody the option to set what they want. They should have done that with smart steering in this game because um, if if you forget to explain it to somebody and they're like, oh, what? I, either like, I'm so good at this or like, why did it not let me fall there? You're like, oh yeah, hang on, we gotta turn that off. Yeah, I love it that it presents it's a stumbling block unless you remember it each time. Yeah, it I love that it's to, there. I'll drive for you. Yeah, I love that it's there for kids yeah. because it is so 
uh, accessible to everybody on the couch. Not just kids, um, disabled folks who would really sure, benefit. Sure, sure, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's just they don't even really give you a tutorial about it is mm. is, is, is my only gripe they don't it. tell you it's happening they just like just 100% everyone gets that and then they have to opt out which always puts puts a pause in the beginning of the race and ultimately if we're weighing it up helping kids and disabled folks to play the game is worth the frustration of older yeah. and fully able-bodied people I just wish that it would remember. Yeah. I just wish yeah. that it was like, <laughs> just I am Alex Shaw and I don't need this. But then mm-hmm. I feel like if it needs to remember that, it's like, wait a second, who are you? Who no, are you? Put Log your in. password in. Give us some money. Yeah. No, I don't know who that is. I don't recognize that name. I, mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to flex one of my preferred features, but I mean, you could just lock that behind me's. <gasps> I don't like me's, the ugly little thumb people. <laughs> also, I think was this the was it the Wii version where you, you could have like me's that look at you. <laughs> yeah. As you're driving around, all the me's are like on a balcony going, you will remove your clothes as you're driving around. <laughs> it's eyes wide wee. I, I do seem them. to recall one of them that was like, I was driving with it and it's looking back over its shoulder at me. Blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Oh, speaking of which, this is the one which introduced the incredible buttery smooth replays. It's now been so long since oh, we started yeah. this. This doesn't seem like a special new thing. But like, Luigi became notorious for having this death stare as he went past. <laughs> uh, and just, yeah, uh, the, the um, being able to watch highlights and, and quite it was quite clever about what bits it would show you and being you know having the different angles on the race it made everything seem very much more alive and it is such a pretty game yeah it is i really when with the replays you can watch stuff in slow motion Mm. i really enjoyed watching how they did particles in uh slow motion because when a shell uh hits a driver it'll explode into a bunch of pieces um when the game first came out i messed around with um having a shell hit the player rewinding the particles are still floating there's 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 the old shell is coming back and it'll explode (laughs) and you can like watch like hundreds of pieces of the shell over and over because you keep making more bits yeah it's really fun to uh to, to look at that kind of stuff i love seeing footage of uh someone who's in the lead and then the the shadow passes over them and starts to whirl around their head and it's like, old blue's coming in for ya. <laughs> that, that's deeply satisfying. I, I, again, I, I feel like the frustration of the person in the lead is worth it for the people behind them to be going, hey! It's just, obviously, if the people behind them are all computer controlled, then the only person whose job it is for Nintendo to entertain while they're playing the game is deeply frustrated. So again, I get that yeah. too. I have to say, when I was playing... But if you launched the blue shell... Well, yeah. That's Um, just fun. When I was playing on the... I think it was the DS... Was the blue shell on the DS version? Uh, It was on the N64 version, so it was probably on the DS. Right, okay. Well, it it may have been that. It may have been the 3DS. A version. We've played a lot of Mario Kart in the past few days. (laughs) It's difficult to remember. But a version where I was out in front a lot and kept getting blue shelled. And yes, it was really frustrating. But at the same time, because most of the time I was far out enough in front that the tension was not over shit I got hit that's really annoying now I've lost my place Mm. it was will I recover in time to maintain my lead 
which did add that sort of extra little frisson to mm-hmm. it. Okay, this is also the first one with anti-grav on it, which yeah. uh, I've... I've, I've found really enjoyable. That's the bit that you don't like, the sort of going sideways up and around. It's a oh, bit no, roller coaster. No, 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 I don't mind it. It's, right. it's the roller coaster elements that I don't like. Okay. The, the twisting and the going upside down. I don't mind going up the sides of a, of a like a pipe. Mm. And I quite like being able to... The, there's some tracks where you have, uh, what do they call them, boost pads? Mm-hmm up on the side of the walls mm. and if you can either ignore them completely and just stay on the road or you can take the risk of, of going up there and trying to get the boost mm. and negotiating those I eventually started to find quite fun yeah. so I don't uh, the anti-grav I don't have a problem with that at all it's the mm. looping yeah I feel like this is the game that on a technical scale ticks so many boxes that it has to be technically the best even mm. if it's not everyone's default favourite and I think the uh, the slightly more uh, modest seven is more our speed because it doesn't quite have that busyness in the background, like, yeah. like you said. It's, it's less overwhelming yeah. for me. But I, I love the fact that there was the the switch version just gave you all the tracks off the, straight out the gate, uh, and uh, that there's I, I would not have predicted more tracks on the way. I would have predicted Super Smash Kart, which is like just taking the incredible phenomenon of Smash Bros and the, the oh god, who's going to be the next character added to it, this, this roster, and just exporting that to the kart game and making that the thing that Mario Kart evolved into. And it feels like this has been predicted for a long, long time and Nintendo have resisted and it must be for a reason, but things like adding uh, Annabelle and Link and uh, Villager and the Blue Falcon car to, uh, to, to Mario Kart 8 seems like at least concessions to this notion. And there's just time to say a massive thank you to all of our Patreon sponsors who keep us going month after month. We are powered by you. And as we head off down the Rainbow Road, we give a shout out to our named sponsors. A massive thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hebner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, Valencia Burns, and our newest $15 patron, Tima Hellas-Hario. I wrote down, uh, after we played a whole bunch of different kart races, uh, recommendations for others. Now, frankly, I would recommend most of the Mario Kart series, apart from Tour, uh, as, as something to try out if you haven't. Like, if any of these have sounded appealing. But if you want to do something, if, you, if you've played all of them, or if those don't sound particularly appealing to you, and you just want other solid kart races, uh, Diddy Kong Racing, I've mentioned already, is a solid N64 adventure racer, and uh, you can find it in various places. I think you can still can you buy that on Wii U for the time being. Depends um, when this show goes out. 
Yeah, there's a DS version uh, right, that might yeah. be that might be easier to track down. Yeah. And Banjo Kazooie is a rare game that came out on NSO, so maybe there's hope that Diddy Kong Racing can come out on uh, NSO as yeah. well. Well, I mean that seems like a, it, it's rare, but. Uh, we've got rumblings about a GoldenEye 64 update from the 2007 cancelled, even though it was finished, uh, 360 arcade version. So okay. maybe. Crash Team Nitro Refueled is a highly polished, perhaps a little too technical kart racer, drawing from the three previous games, where uh, you have to enter complex button presses in order to drift uh, as you're going around and get the most of your, out of your boost. Uh, but yeah, the original PlayStation uh, Crash Team Racing should be very inexpensive to get hold of and will play on pretty much all PlayStations on disc. Number two is a title that I like and feels like it has a lot more depths to it that are yet to be explored. It's actually a tie between Little Big Planet Karting and Mod Nation Racers. Both of them are on the PS3 and the latter is available as well on PSP and Vita. Both of them have a story mode and both of them have creative modes which let you design your own tracks and races. They're lovingly presented and they handle really well. They just didn't make any kind of lasting impact. Perhaps they were released at the wrong time. Special mention has to go to Super Indie Carts that was released years ago, but only on Steam, which is why I only just found out about it. It's exactly what you'd think, a whole bunch of indie guest stars in a Mario Kart style course. There's gotta be many, many reasons why it's not on Switch, but that is tantalizing. And the number one spot of top recommends is Sonic Team Racing. Yeah, the, the, there's three versions of this game. There's the one that was sort of Wii era, which is actually on par kind of with uh, Mario Kart Wii. And it, it's it's fine. It's a, it's a good, solid racer. The middle one, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, that's the one for total Sega nerds. There's okay. loads of characters uh, like uh, Alex Kidd and the uh, guy from... Um, Jet Grind Radio and Ooh La La from Space Channel 5. Loads of stuff to unlock, these extensive maps, and the uh, f uh, flying sections feel like Afterburner, and the boating sections feel like um, Hydro Thunder. And it is beautiful and polished, it's got fantastic drift mechanics, and I think all, th at least that middle one, and I think the first one as well, were by Sumo Digital, who did uh, Outrun. Uh, two and everything subsequently around that so that's why it feels so smooth and special I've only played a bit of Sonic Team Racing which is on the Switch I didn't have as much fun with it yet but I am looking forward to getting back into it now that all this Mario Kart is done so I think the, the, the one that I would suggest is actually available on a whole bunch of different systems. Uh, 360, which is backwards compatible with uh, Xbox One, which you can also get it on. Uh, Wii U, you can play uh, on the uh, controller. And uh, there's a scaled down version on 3DS, version on Vita, and uh, PS3. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed. I think that will be all on Mario Kart for the time being. Hopefully we will be back soon with another Nintendo franchise which we haven't talked about in ages. Oh boy. Name, thank you so, so much for not only excellent guesting duties, but for taking this time and energy to play through something like 58 cups worth of races over a shockingly short space of time. Yeah, yeah. This has been 
such a treat. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously love Mario Kart to, to do this, um, and uh, it's been so much fun talking about the whole thing with you guys. Thank you very much for having me on. It was a great exercise. It really fair, was. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us for this. It's been it. And we hope we brought you folks' perspective. Uh, Nama, have you got anything you want to plug first before we go? Yeah, this time I'll uh, go ahead and plug my Twitch. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash Nerd. Where you play Pokemon um, Dash morning, noon, and night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying for that world record. Um, <laughs> yeah, those four I, I, are you, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I do play a lot of Pokemon on there, and who knows? Maybe maybe I might be playing some new Mario Kart levels here soon. So. Well, I mean, you've talked up your trick skills on Mario Kart Wii. It now feels unfair not to show them to off. That, yeah, All right, absolutely. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's so. What was that Twitch stream address? So, what was that Twitch stream address? Name the nerd. Name the nerd. Okay, so we will see you folks next week. I've been Alex Shaw, and I've been Waluigi. Oh, you can't just do that to me. <laughs> I've been Wa Alex, <laughs> and I've been Sharon Shaw. <laughs> <laughs>
Mamma Luigi, number one. Mamma Mia! Bingo! Bye-bye!